welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. The master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dodo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We're on episode number 162. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, uh, iHeartRadio, as well as various other streaming platforms. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dodo Talk Podcast Facebook page, as well as the Instagram page. You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei, and you can follow my co-host on Twitter at GC Zeus. And speaking of my co-host, um, I'm joined with the Antaku and returning back uh, to help us cover the obscurest of obscure cards. We also have Joey of the Sports Sound Off uh, helping us out today. How's everybody doing? <coughs> Cannot complain. Um... We got some wacky stuff from yesterday. Yeah. I'm upset I miss cats. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't miss it. My friend backed out of me in the last second. And I was like, God damn it. What a coward. I, he, he is, I, I, that was literally the very first thing I sent him when he said he couldn't go. Wow. <laughs> and it's not that he couldn't go because he was busy. He couldn't go because he listened to some podcast review of it and he was like, I don't think I can sit through this for two hours. Nah. So I called him a coward. Yeah, he's got a man up. He's got a man up. He's like, he's like, I'm going to go watch Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's going to be the topic today. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, how you doing, Joe? You haven't been on here in. Man, it's been, it's been July. Some, it's been some time. What have you, what have you, what have you been up to? Uh, well, you know, not much, obviously. If you go to my thing, I've been doing the same old shit. <laughs> feels like feels like I'm living in a time loop at this point. Writing about the same UFC cards, but been doing all right. Okay. Doing all good. I feel like last time we were here, weren't like we all sick? The last time I was card. here, it was like July, because we were talking about... Uh, I know it's July because we were talking about John Jones' strip club incident. It had to have been in July. Had to have been in July. Good times. Good times. Not for John. Not yes. for John. Uh, I don't know. Sound. He might have had a good time. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, you got nowhere to go but up. That we started. Little... <laughs> he just went a little overboard. I don't know. I'm <laughs> This is yet another episode where before we start recording, we talk about the plan, and then like five minutes in, the plan is already ruined. Oh, so no, we're no. already up. Uh, oh. We got this. Sorry, <laughs> we got this. This is, uh, this is the what's on your mind segment now. There we okay. go. Okay. Oh, hold on, hold on. Before, before we get to that, before we get to that, uh, <laughs> me shout out to the listeners first before we lose them. <laughs> shout outs to all the listeners. Uh. Top cities for the week. 
Uh, apologize if I butcher this. Uh, Berna, Leo, New Mexico. Probably said that wrong, but uh, if you're in Bernalillo, you hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, number two, Kuwait. Number three, Bronx, New York. Number four, I love this. I love this city name, Workington, United Kingdom. Hey, <laughs> Workington. Y'all gotta have some fun, man. Y'all, y'all. No, that Workington sounds like a like a Richard Scary town, where all the characters literally just work every day. Yeah, that is. So it's, it's got nobody be like wears it. jeans. It's, everybody's in suits and carrying suitcases. Not even going anywhere. They're still carrying suitcases. <laughs> it's it like Pokemon, where they're they're like born with clothing. Is that right. what's going on here? <laughs> Something. I don't see, know. see, to me, it sounds like a factory town in the British countryside, like up in the mountains. Wow. So like they're all like factory workers. Actually, I can see that. I can see that. They're, they're, they're very, they're very, uh, they very blue-collar town. They all wear, like, overalls. And they're just <laughs> covered in, like, black smoke. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Hey, man, they, they, they earn their, they work really hard for their money. Working to United Kingdom or Cleveland, yeah. Ohio? What are we discussing right now? Yes. I just thought. Distant, distant cousins. I mean, <laughs> do you think Workington's River catches on fire? I don't even think it's a river. I think it's like a, it's like an it's oil like spill that just keeps building up. Oh man! And number five, uh, Danbury, Connecticut. So talk about shout two out. extremes, man. Yeah, but <laughs> diversity, man. Shout out to the listeners, no matter where you are in the world. Can we, can we just, I'm, I'm sorry, but can we just go back to like you said, Kuwait? Yeah, yeah I don't know how. Well, to, well yeah. you know, like that, that could be like there's like a base, maybe. Like the in, in. Just like the entire country of Kuwait. Yeah, I, I no, never know how these random like, countries get here. I'm like, what fighter did you guys want to... It's like when, like, what if Sensei's like, in Bre- like, Bret Hart, he never knew how over he was in Europe until he was getting, like, groped to go into the ring. Like, what if Sensei is, like, the Bret Hart of Kuwait? Like a super-duper star. They got, like, they got, like, knockoff merch of him. We're like number one in another country, and we don't even know it. That's what we I'm saying. Been there. We gotta, we gotta, you know. We gotta go to Kuwait, and we gotta go to Egypt. Can Stokes be our Kuwaiti correspondent? <laughs> hey, no? ah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Kuwait live show coming 2020. There you go. I'm with it. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Disappointed in Calcutta. I don't know where you guys are at, but apparently you're dropping off. So yeah, uh, Kuwait, Kuwait got us. They'll keep. <laughs> Much love to Kuwait. Shout out to all the listeners. As far as the rundown for the show today, um, I didn't realize there was like so many fights. Like I forgot like half of this stuff even came on until I realized I was missing it because I was at work. Um, But today's show, uh, we will cover a little bit of Glory 64. Uh, 74. Oh, sorry. 74. Listen, that card left me in disarray. (laughs) <laughs> All glory cards are the same though. You should just say the month. <laughs> glory <laughs> December twenty nineteen. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we'll cover some glory. Uh we'll cover what was this? Bellator two thirty five and two thirty six. Mm-hmm. Um and we will talk some boxing and then we will of course get to UFC Busan, uh Edgar versus Korean Zombie. But before we get to all of that, uh 
kind of throwing Joey into the smoke because he has not been on the show since we've uh, done this new format. Uh, so I don't know if you want to kick this off, if you even have anything. But do you have anything on your mind this week? Anything like non-MMA related, a random headline you may have saw, a movie you might have saw, oh. any any random little tidbit you just want to throw out there and briefly discuss? Uh, yeah, I guess so. We can talk about some stuff. Uh, holidays are coming up in the States. Uh, if you know somebody who maybe doesn't have a, doesn't necessarily have the situation that you do in terms of the holidays, always kind of check up on them, make sure that they're okay. You know, holidays are not always easy for everybody. So always keep those people in your thoughts and be supportive of them. Because everybody knows somebody who probably doesn't have the same, you may be that somebody for someone. So just, you know, always keep an eye out on your fellow, your fellow man. Other than that, man, I'm pretty excited. This is like the time of the sports year where things get a little bit more hectic. The NBA season's a little bit more established. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, we're getting into, well, Anacle and I, our seasons are done. Yeah. Our season, <laughs> our season was done second week in November. Uh, NHL, NHL's going. So it's a good sports year. Uh, I did have a video game thought and I lost it like almost immediately. That's always great. Uh, actually, to the group, or I know, I know, Sensei, you play a little bit. Has, well, what's your game of the year? Hmm. Because uh, for those who, for those, well, for the, not to cut you off, not to cut you off on my own stupid question, but for those, <laughs> for those who don't know, Sekiro won the game of the year at the Big Game Awards, and there was a lot of controversy. So I was curious what yours was. Best game you played this year? It, it probably honestly would have been that. Really? Yeah. Because um, um, when I looked at that list, the, uh, the Game Awards, I think I might have talked about that briefly on here. The Game Awards was like two, three weeks ago. It, it was pretty recent. And I, I can't remember all the nominees. I think it was uh, Sekiro, it was like Death Stranding, Control. Mm-hmm. Resident um, Evil 2. Yeah, Resident Evil 2. I played most of the games on that list minus Control. Con- I do want to play Control. It looks pretty good. Um yeah, I'm not, I probably would, I, as much as I love Death Stranding, and I, I love, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a really big Kojima fan, um, I probably set with Sekiro more, and as hard as that game was, and I'll actually have to throw this out here, I'm, I'm very bad at finishing games as of late, have a lot going on, so I don't have as much time to game as I want, but um, I played Sekiro really, really heavy, <laughs> like really, really heavy. And it's really good, man. That game is amazing. Like, the combat is awesome. The whole, like, lore and, like, the aesthetic of the game is really good. I think a lot of people just didn't like it because of how hard it was. Certainly possible. Yeah. But for me, I enjoyed it. Like, don't get me wrong. It was ridiculously hard, but I still found it fun to play. Because, like, Dark Souls was hard, but I didn't want to play Dark Souls after about two hours. I was like, all right, man, this dragon just lit me on fire. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> this, this isn't fun anymore. Like, Sekiro was hard, but, like, the better you get at it, you want to keep playing. And it's, like, the most rewarding feeling when you finally, like, beat a boss. It's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm getting better at this. And you just kind of want to keep going. So, no, I would not be – Sekiro probably would have been my number one choice. Maybe Smash Brothers Ultimate is a, a close second. But, uh, yeah, Sekiro probably would have been my game of the year. It would have been there. I probably would have gone with Resident Evil 2. That's just the game that I enjoyed the most. I don't know if it's the best game, though. 
I wouldn't argue that. My only thing, well, I have documented history with Resident Evil. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm shook. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I didn't I beat it. Oh, <laughs> goodness gracious. I got to the part where you're in the sewer doing the chest, the chest puzzle. Oh, okay. And I got pissed off. I was like, I know what I'm... Mr. X is chasing me. The chest puzzle. I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. You guys have fun. I watch other people play it. It's, it, it's, it's a really good game. It is really good, but the puzzle aspect is... I, who's making puzzles in the zombie apocalypse? I mean, that, believe me, like, I'm just, you know... That's just like, let me be scared and shoot. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Uh, but that's part of the game. That's part of, like, the lore of the game. Yeah. Now I gotta think of something for Anacle. Anacle, what do you want for Christmas? What would be your ideal gift? Um, your ideal present? If anybody out there wants to pay off my student loans, that'd be Other really nice that. of them. Other than yeah. that, that defeats the purpose of the game. Defeats the purpose of the game. Other than that. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, Anako, is this going to be your what's on your mind? Or you, you want to... Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I mean, I could talk about a bunch of shit, but it, all of it's only entertaining to me, so... Right. Cats, tell us about your love of cats. Um, it looks amazing. And if I could have one Christmas gift, it would be to make everybody in this country watch Cats. At the exact same time, wow. That's my Christmas gift. <laughs> you'd have to uh, pay. I think you'd have to pay me to get me to watch that. Joey, why do you hate fun so much? My sister, I'd like, my sister's my favorite person in the world, and she wanted to go see it, and, like, I was, like, absolutely not. Under no You either have to pay me, or, like, I need the, I don't really like eating movie theater food, but it needs to be free. Oh. Because <laughs> if I'm going to sit through that, I'm going to need, <laughs> I'm going to need some help. <laughs> Give me all the chicken tenders and all the, the, the pretzels. I need something. I think, he's like, if you're going to make people see that, like, you should include therapy. No. Because I imagine some folks are going to need it. From what I've heard, it's a harrowing experience. <laughs> From what I heard, some of the some of the the digitals that got sent out were unfinished. So oh like, you can God. see, yeah, so you can see, like, in certain scenes, like, it's just a human hand on the cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds like one of those old-timey cartoons that were eventually, like, banished from society because they were too weird. I'm horrified already. So this is... That movie's gonna be like a classic for all the wrong reasons. It's gonna go down in history, but... It's gonna be right up there with Tommy Wiseau. It's probably gonna ruin Idris Elba's career, from what I've heard. I think he'll bounce back. He'll be alright. Everybody else in that movie, I don't know about y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got, like, a pretty talented cast, does it not? Like, yeah, I mean... It has, uh... Judy Dench, James Corden, uh, Jennifer Hudson, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen shouldn't be in any movie that's a musical because he can't sing. So I don't know why he's in this one, singing. Range, range. Uh, Francesca Hayward, who is a very accomplished ballerina, um, Rebel Wilson, Taylor Swift, and Jason Derulo. Um, he's there too. <laughs> so th yes everybody if you want to give me a Christmas present go watch Cats and then send him a review yeah, so that he knows you saw it yeah I want receipts <laughs> we'll invite y'all on the show y'all can just have the whole what's on your mind segment I won't even say anything I'll just let y'all do a mini 
mini review. It goes from what's on your mind to apologies. Right. <laughs> um, I guess I, I can't spend too much time on my uh, what's on my mind because spoilers are a thing. Mm. Um, but I went to see The Rise of Skywalker. Um, it was weird because when the movie first got announced, like coming off of Last Jedi, I was like, yeah, I don't really care about this. Like, Last Jedi kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. I don't really want to see this. And then the closer it got, I won't lie, I got a little excited. I was like, oh, man, it's almost here. And I was going to wait and not see this on day one, but I said, you know what? I'm going. I'm just going. I'm going to get this out the way. Because for one, people on the Internet are terrible. They spoil things the second it comes out. So I just wanted to see it and get it out the way. Uh, so I went in. My expectations were, were pretty low. And generally, I was actually, I was cool. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. My, I just went in wanting it, I just wanted to not feel like I did after The Last Jedi. I didn't want to leave the theater with my head down, like, what did I just watch? And <laughs> I, felt, I felt okay after I left this. I was like, you know what, it, this wasn't the greatest movie. There were a few things that I thought could have been better or that, like, I didn't really care for. But overall, it's like this wasn't that bad. It was it was cool. I'm 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 fine with what I got. Do you think the tr- they tried to put over like did you think they tried to serve too many masters, so to speak, with like I, uh I, too much fan service basically? I think this movie to be honest, I think no matter what direction they would have went, they were kinda screwed either way. Yeah. Because The Last Jedi was so like polarizing that you had a certain section of people who loved it and some people who hated it so some people might look at this as oh they're trying to i guess you know quote unquote clean up what they did from the last jedi from the people who didn't like it but it's like if they would have went the opposite direction you would they would another section of fans would have said the same thing so it's like i feel like no matter what they would have done it still would have been like a 50 50 split down the middle I, i don't think i don't think they could win um, As someone who believes there are only two actually good Star Wars movies, and one of them is The Last Jedi, everything I've heard from Rise of Skywalker makes me not want to see it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How many Star Wars movies have you seen? I've seen all of them except The Rise of Skywalker. Can I ask what are your, a question? What, hold on, what are your two that are good? Because if there's one you're admitting, um, I'm going to be really disappointed in you. Uh, uh, um, I guess it'd be Episode Four and then The Last Jedi. Oh no, you're crazy. No, I mean Rogue I can't. One, I, I Rogue can't. One is one of the best Star Wars movies. Uh, if we're in doing a long time, if we're doing confessionals, I saw Rogue One and fell asleep halfway through. So oh my I god! You know what? This podcast is over. Anyway, I apologize. I this know podcast gonna... is over. I apologize, and I'm one of the guys who thinks. Um, oh god. And episode six was really good, so I'm not I'm not of much help to anybody. Yeah, you know what's on my mind? You guys are out of here. I see. <laughs> Where, where's the red button? So wait a minute, but I, I gotta ask Anna too something. What was good? You've watched all the Star Wars. Movies. I, uh, you know, I shouldn't say all of them. I have not seen Solo, but apparently okay. no one has seen Solo. Yes. So yeah, that, that I don't think that Here's my question to you then. Now the Star Wars was like an '80s phenomenon, mm-hmm. but so were the Rocky movies, and you've never seen a Rocky movie, right? Seen. Why yes. have you never seen a Rocky movie? I have never seen a Rocky movie because, well, for starters, I didn't see the Star Wars movies as a kid. Oh, I saw, so I saw them for the first time when the uh, the Force Awakens was coming out 
Because, like, at that point, like, it's like, why would I even bother? I've seen this movie parodied time and time and time and time and time. Like, I know every story beaten. I've never seen it. Gotcha. So I was like, you know, well, you know I'm going to just watch them. I'm going to watch all of them. Um, you know, just to be like, okay. Because my friend really wanted to see it. And he had never seen the Star Wars movies. Or not all of them, anyway. And yeah, she said he only saw the prequels. So you're like, yeah, let's just watch all of them. So we did. Watching the prequels is the most painful thing I've ever done. Like, I still like the last one. They were so boring, and the parts that weren't boring were like bad, campy, melodramatic. Yeah. Yeah, like I like campy. I like melodramatic, but like, when when your main like, what's her face, Nellie Portman. When she's supposed to be like the voice of reasoning, she gets charmed by this like megalomaniacal fascist rant by this <laughs> fucking psychopath that is Anakin Skywalker. And she's like, I want that. It's just, it's, it's a little hard to. Women like the bad boys, man. I don't even know if he was a bad boy. He well, was just... They like the, whi- yeah. like the whining uh, bad boy. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I, won't, I won't discredit you for not liking Anakin. I don't, I don't think any of us really were big Anakin fans. So, my, my whole thing is that while I think at the time it was a good decision, obviously, I think ha- having Anakin Skywalker, or not, having Darth Vader be Anakin Skywalker and Luke's father has kind of, like, kind of just fucked up the series. And not from, like, the original three standpoint, but, like, from, like, beyond that. Like, because it turns this extended universe into basically, like, everything's connected. Right. Like, everything's about the Skywalker family. Everything's about, like, dynasty and legacy. And you could have just had a nice story about how, you know, a crazy fascist... Uh, like got overturned or got beaten by like a young scrappy kid as opposed to daddy issues the movie and from what I hear it seeps into this one the, uh, the, the rise of the scout which is why I'm probably not going to see it for like a month or two well I'll just say closing this out uh, I would encourage people to go see it. It, it like if you're on the fence like don't let critics I hate critics um, don't let them be the reason that you don't see something. I mean, like, if you want to see it, just go see it. I mean, are, are we, we, are are we critics? I think we're critics. Is this a hell well, of a like so I'm gonna, So I'm going to tell people to go see it. <laughs> Is this <laughs> like a self-reflection I, well, I, I guess for me, like, I don't, un, like, if you're not, like, super invested in the series, then, all right, yeah, you, you probably don't have to see it. But if you've been on the ride this whole time, there's no point in you doing all of this and then, like, not finishing the last stop. Right. Well, I mean, it's not technically the last stop. They're going to be more Star Wars like properties, but like this is the last movie. You, you might as well just go see it. You've been here this long. You've you've been on the ride this for, for this journey. You might as well do the last stop, and then you can just wipe your hands clean and be done with it. And go see Rocky. Go see some Rocky movies. For just so you know. There you go. But uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was a solid. It was a solid movie. Kudos. All right, moving on. Uh, news and notes for the week. Uh, 
not super really heavy on fight announcements. Um, I have a few news stories, but not anything like too too crazy. Um, so I'll quickly run through these fight announcements, and then we can run back and talk about any of these uh, if we want to expand on them. But I'll just run through the list real quick. Pretty short. Um, at UFC 248, uh, we will have Robert ah, Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier, as well as Neil Magny versus the Leech, uh, Ling Jian Li. Um, at UFC Norfolk, we will have a flyweight title match between Joseph Benavidez and Davison Figueroa, uh, because as you guys may have heard, or hopefully have heard, uh, Henry Cejudo was stripped of his flyweight title, so we'll uh, get that match as the fill-in. And at also on UFC Norfolk, uh, we will have Nathaniel Wood versus John Dotson and Megan Anderson versus Norm Dumont. Um, and the last fight announcement I have uh, coming. Uh, related to the Glory card that we'll cover, um, at Glory 75, uh, we'll have a featherweight title match between Patch Kiatmukau and Serhei Adamchuk, which they are fighting for the third time, I want to say. Um, so, going back to the top, uh, how are we feeling about Whitaker and Cannoneer? Honestly, the guy, I don't know. It, partly because like that that Whitaker Adesanya performance was so like I was probably way too harsh on him when it happened like it made sense in theory like oh Adesanya is, gets hurt when he gets forced backwards like when he gets bum rushed like Kelvin Gaston was able to do so that's what I'm going to do but it just turned into him throwing himself into Adesanya's range yeah, yeah, over and over and over again until Adesanya just finally knocked him the fuck out. Um, so it's it's really hard for me to be like to be like, well he he's cooked, you know. Like how much of that was just like I, he's being forced to do something or he's choosing to do something he's not used to, as opposed to like oh, um, like he's been hurt for these past two or three years. And how much training has he really gotten in? Um, and Canonair is dangerous. Um, but, like, how... Like, the two... Uh, the people he's beaten have been Anderson Silva and Jack Hermanson. And I think Hermanson's, like, a really good boxer. But... Jack Ray is probably not the dude to test that because Jack Ray... Is not is nowhere near as fast as Cannonier is, so I'm I'm really on the fence about where that one goes. So I came into this year, I had asked you both like guys who were going to have rebuild years in 2020, and I had Robert Whitaker on that list, and I think the anecdote just kind of talked me off, like talked me out of that because as the more he spoke, the more I thought about it, and I started thinking about Whitaker's entire past few years and it's like two fights with Romero brutally knocked out against Adesanya I, I don't know where he's at and on paper I want to say oh this is a win for Whitaker because he can casually you know if Ian Kutelaba can have success on the feet against Jared Cannonier and kind of box him up when he's controlled or uh, you know we've seen Jan Blachowicz box him up and then mix in takedowns which Whitaker can do I would have picked Whitaker easily but Kind of the, the way he was speaking kind of 
put a different perspective on it for me because now I'm not really sure if he's broken, you know, um, then Cannoneer's the kind of guy who will absolutely capitalize on that because he hits hard and he's super patient. So he's not going to gas out. And, um, you know, he had cardio wrestling with heavyweights and light heavyweights. You're going to assume that's going to carry you down to 185. So I was pretty Whitaker. Like this is going to be a pretty good fight for Whitaker to bounce back. And now I'm kind of like, not sure. So, um, I kind of feel bad for Cannoneer. Normally you finish a guy, you finish three guys in a row. Up above 170, you get a title shot. And I don't even think he's like the second option. So kind of sucks to be him. But hey, you beat Robert Whitaker, and then there's nobody can deny you. Except Paulo Costa is still in the division, so you will be denied again. So. Good fight, though. Yeah. I like it. I like it. It's kind of like a number three, number four fight on the main card. On a pay-per-view main card. Yeah, I'm, I'm 50-50 on this, too. I think it's a winnable fight for Whitaker. Um, I think it's a good, I think it's good for both. Like it's, well, I don't know if it's the best bounce back fight for Whitaker, but when you're coming off being a champ, it's not like you, you're not going to come back and fight like the bottom of the barrel. Um, he's getting a guy in the cannoneer who I, I feel like if he's back to himself, which like you guys said, I don't know how <laughs> coming off the wars he's been in, like, I, I don't know how much of himself he has left that he's. He left a lot out there, um, and I, like I, I want to say, I'm Whitaker's probably the better fighter than Cannonier, but Cannonier still hits like ridiculously hard. And when Whitaker's been in this many wars, like oh, this is the guy, not the guy you really want to end up getting cracked against. And it, it, this, I feel like this fight could get ugly. Um, when, when is this fight again? March. When is UFC 248? March. March. Mm. <clears throat> like, oh man, I I feel like Whitaker is one of those guys, kind of like, uh, kind of like Holloway. I think he just needs a break, man. Like he, I don't know. I mean, he's, I fought, like, he's, he's fought once a year for like the past three years. I think he's gotten a few breaks. You know? Oh uh, yeah, I guess that is true. Well, those, well, some of those have been entry breaks. Though. True. True. But, and there were times where he went through like the full camp. He just didn't get to the fight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he had that back. Yeah, camp. yeah. It's, uh, it's this is a hard one, man. It's 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 a hard one. Like I I <laughs> I feel like this could go a couple of ways. Like he could have a really good bounce back performance, be able to just outstrike and outmaneuver Cannoneer for the better part of three rounds or five rounds if it's a headliner. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, or he could have a good round and a half and then like get clipped with something because I don't, I don't think we're gonna see any more of those Romero-esque performances where like he's gonna be able to start pulling these crazy comebacks after getting clipped and like getting sent to the afterlife and climbing his way back in I think if those moments start to happen now that they might be fight enders like I don't know if he's gonna still be I don't know how many more of those he has left in him um I will say I don't think that the 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 Adesanya knocking him out is like an indication that like he's like he can't take a punch anymore. Yeah, no, no, that was a that was a clean. Well, that was know. clean. He didn't see it coming, and he was like in the middle of throwing a punch with like every ounce of his right. weight behind it. Well, no, so, like, no, I, I I know, but I'm just saying like he got knocked down twice against Yoel Romero, and then his next fight back, he got knocked down in the first round or the second round. 
At the and end of the first round. Right. And then you got finished. So that's like back to back fights where Yeah. Yeah, no, and he, no, no, no. So yeah, a little like, I'm just a little concerned about his yeah. durability at this point. And now you're fighting another guy who, if for nothing else, hits like a mat truck. Right. So but it's a winnable fight. I think it'll it'll give us some indication of where he is. Um, a fight that he can win, but still a an opponent that's good enough that will like give him a legit test. And and on the other end, a great opportunity for Cannonier. Like if you if you can go out there and knock Whitaker out, you're probably right. He's probably going to get <laughs> he'll probably get bypassed for a title shot at that moment. But at least you'll have that name on your resume. Like. People won't be able to really question you anymore. At that point, you've, you've earned you've earned any respect that you don't have. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. That'll be a, an interesting fight. Um, and I guess the last one we'll uh, talk about. I, uh, Benavidez getting his, what, third shot <laughs> at a flyweight title? Yes. I want to say. This, <laughs> it was so... I was so convinced when this flyweight division first happened that he was just going to be champ and it was going to, I didn't say a cakewalk, but like he was going to make it and had a great first showing against DJ, didn't get the win. Second fight against DJ gets absolutely starched and it's kind of just been an uphill battle and he finds himself once again, finally at the cusp of getting a title which is what I feel like the UFC probably wanted since the beginning. But now you got to fight another guy who could take his head off, potentially. Um, how, how do you guys think this fight goes? I think Benavidez should beat him, to be honest with you. Like, I, I think he can... I, I think he can tame Figueroa's, like, wildness and get him down when he needs to and figure out gets like overcommitted on those like overhands, which he tends to do. Um, it's, it's so weird because like by the time guys normally get like the third title shot, like we're always complaining like, Oh, they didn't earn it. It's like a Uriah Faber situation or like a Frankie Edgar situation where he's coming off of two losses and they just give him a title shot anyway, because they need somebody to fill the spot. And like better is out actually like, He's earned every single one of his title fights, basically, which is wild. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm not too worried about his chin. Um, I know he got knocked down by like Sergio Pettis, but that was like on a straight shot as he was stepping in. I think. Um, I don't know, Joe. What do you think? <laughs> Everything you said is accurate. But wouldn't it just be Joseph Benavidez to finally get that third title shot against an opponent in your an opponent historically you would wax with relative ease and get caught with something and finished and lose that third title shot? That's exactly how I feel like this fight is gonna That's go. what and I, I don't want to see that. Let's be fair, like Joseph Benavidez can do can absolutely do what Jose Formiga did, right? Yeah. I think I think we'd all agree. Just uh Joseph Benavidez is coming off his best performance, I think probably ever at 125 because he just beat the hell out of Formiga in the rematch. So that's like two factors. We've seen that Figueredo, when he gets frustrated, will just go into brawl mode. And you have to assume that a longtime veteran like Benavidez understands how to get in and out of those situations pretty easily. We haven't seen Figueredo's cardio over five rounds. We probably know Benavidez can go five hard rounds. Everything favors Joseph Benavidez. 
but like it just feels like fate that it just feels like something's gonna go wrong it's one of those fights where it's like too perfect you yeah. know this guy's been trying to get to this title shot after realistically speaking he's been the number one contender unofficially for like four years now removing that Sergio Pettis fight and couldn't get it because Mighty Mouse was so dominant and then it's like all right well Mighty Mouse is out of the way now he's got a guy Henry Cejudo who he beat already close fight either way he got the nod he's gonna fight him well Cejudo's kind of like eh, I don't really want to do anything at 125 so he's got to sit and wait and then he finally gets the third title shot. It just feels too perfect. It's like too storybook. And in MMA, as we've learned, nothing is storybook. So I get the feeling we're going to have uh, a dude with a Kratos haircut celebrating <laughs> yeah. celebrating with the title. All right, then yeah. my next question, then my question is, how long before we see Juicier Formiga as UFC champion? End of 2020. If Figueredo wins the belt in 2020. And then they'll do Benavidez... Uh, Formiga three and Joe will like twist an angle. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, but realistically, like, they, there's no way that Figueredo. I mean, there are ways Figueredo can win this fight. It's just everything favors Benavides. Can I go on a rant for a second? Shoot, ran away. So it's going to be short. This should not be on ESPN Plus. If you want to give this division a fighting shot, please put it on ESPN. You know, like. There's no reason for it to be on ESPN Plus. This division already has a stigma around it. Put it on ESPN Plus after one of those big Duke basketball games. Pop a number and see what happens. Like, give them a chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because otherwise, you're just, you know, you're just doing it to do it. And, and this is probably, well, if knocking on a wood or any uh, solid substance, <laughs> Flyweight has been really just showing out as of late. So I have no reason to think this won't be a great fight. And it's a tellable story. Like, hey, listen, this guy has been the best in the world outside of one fighter for about 10 years now. He's finally going to get the title shot to try and, and, and get the belt that's eluded him. It's a tellable story. All right. And he's fighting Kratos. Like... Yeah, he's fighting a dude, he's, he's fighting a dude who need? fights like a creative fighter. Right. Yeah, you don't need much else to sell. This. He's got a Kratos haircut. He does the Tito Ortiz celebration after he knocks people out. Like, this is an easy fight to sell. Put it on ESPN and see what happens. Put it on ESPN, too, like, if you're not confident. But, uh, like, don't put this on Fight Pass. You're just going to put the division in the same spot it was when everybody knew that the only reason we had a flyweight title fight was because it was like a because there was nothing else. So give these guys a little bit of a chance. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of uh I'm I'm gonna try to be optimistic even though the sport has taught me otherwise. I'm gonna say Benavidez finally gets it. Like all these years of just staying consistent and keeping himself in this picture has to mean something. <laughs> I, I want to think that the universe is gonna reward him for his hard work. So uh, Benavidez, man, I hope and I like both of them. I'm not wishing anything against Figueroa, but. Benavidez, man, I hope you get this. I hope, I hope you get this. So, best, best of luck. I just, uh, it feels too perfect. I know it does. I know it doesn't feel right. I, I felt the same. It doesn't feel right. But I'm, I'm gonna try to go against. Ben, uh, put some angel wings over that man. Just, <laughs> I hope he gets it done. He, he deserves it, man. He, he's been, he's been really good for a long time. I like and it just, it, 
if you want something to sell this division, just imagine, you know, Megan O'Leary interviewing her husband after he wins the UFC flyweight title. Like, that's a cool moment, right? And right. now that you say that out loud, I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, I mean, but I'm saying, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, like, this has to end with, with Figueroa doing his mock Tito Ortiz, like, God. in the fifth round after Benavides has won every second of the fight. We'll see, man. We'll, we'll see. That, that's gonna be an awesome fight, though. I'm glad. I, I, I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm, I like this title fight, though. If, if nothing else, it's a great matchup, a great showcase for this division. Literally, are two of the best at flyweight. We'll see what happens. But if you're a Benavidez fan, man, just you know, it's gonna be a lot yeah. of puckering for 25 minutes. A lot of nervous energy. Yeah. I, I, we'll see. We'll see. I just. But, uh, yeah. I, Unless, uh, yeah, no, I'm, oh. just, I'm kind of bummed because it is on. Apparently, it is on ESPN Plus. So. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like you could even do it as like a co-main event to like a freaking pay per view. Like why? Right. Yeah. I know. I just like you know. I'm, I'm I tend to be optimistic because I know putting fights together is not easy, but this feels so easy. Put it on ESPN and then give it like a decent co-main event to get like the casuals excited and see what happens. Uh, we'll see. We'll uh, we'll cross that bridge. Well, it won't be too long from now. <laughs> we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, it's only two months uh, out. Yeah, not that far. Any concern about Figueroa not making weight? Uh, has he made one thirty-five? I mean, twenty-five. Yeah, he's he's been fighting there consistently, but like he apparently has these massive. Like, remember the last time it was like a thirty-five plus pound cut? Yeah. So. A little yeah. concerned. Hope for the best. Hope for the best. No, like I mean, has he made the actual like limit? Oh, one twenty-five. I would not know off the top of my head. That's a good question. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I'm gonna... I don't know if he's been hitting like the one twenty-five point six. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been hitting like one twenty-five point five, one twenty-five point six since the uh, the fight with Formiga. His last mm-hmm. time he made it, uh, he beat John Mor- uh, Moraga. Damn, that was in like twenty seventeen. 2018. It was oh. only a year and four months ago. It was in August 2018. Time moves fast. Yeah. God, where is John Moraga? Like, oh, he's boxing now. I forgot. He didn't have a fight announced recently? Let me see. Well, I was going to say, um, we can move on to news. We still got a lot of cards to cover. So I want to spend a lot of time right, on these news, yeah. uh, news stories. But uh, one that did kind of just come out of left field, out of nowhere, um, Mr. Roy McDonald, a former Bellator welterweight champion. Uh, he is no longer with Bellator, and he signed with PFL. Uh, from the little bit, I actually tried to dig a little bit deeper into this this morning. Uh, from the few articles that I read, uh, some of his reasonings, or one of the main reasons, I guess, that for him leaving Bellator was that he according to his side of the story, they didn't, like, really actively pursue to re-sign him. And also, I guess, when he reached out to PFL, Bellator wasn't willing to match PFL's offer. I don't know what the figure was that PFL gave him in terms of, like, finances, but apparently Bellator didn't match it. Couple that with them, I guess, not actively really pursuing him. And he decided to uh, walk away. Um, PFL's easily their biggest free agent signing they've ever had um biggest 
he'll be definitely be the biggest name on that roster. I I pretty much see this like I don't say Roy's the last hoorah, but it might be the last hoorah. Like he might go to PFL, go to that welterweight tournament, try to get that million dollars, and if he wins it, I don't think we hear from Roy for a while. I think yeah. this might be the last. Uh, I think this might be the last stand. I think that's basically what it comes down to. Bellator was like, well, this guy beats like the Neiman Gracies and the, you know, the probably Ed Roots and like all the other people Bellator has on roster who they want to turn into like big stars or, you know, faces of the division. But at the same time, he does it in this very dull um, style. Like he, he's, he's, this isn't the dude who like, uh, I'm gonna have to go back and try to remember when Rory McDonald was like super exciting, but like this is the dude who's let in dudes up like he was like in his early UFC career. Yeah, like he's he's a guy who basically after getting to the semifinal, basically just squeaking his way into the semifinals of the Bellator welterweight tournament, was like, yeah, no, uh, I don't think God wants me to fight anymore. And it sounded like he was ready to quit on the spot. If not for the fact that there might be a million dollar prize at the end of um, that whole mess, um, so like I, I understand where like Coker and I guess Chow or Ch- is it Chow? Is that how you say his name? Uh, uh, don't give me lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I guess where that's where like the Bellas are brass is like yeah no like there's not a lot left for us to do with him. We've had him fight, like, the guy who is the best fighter in the division twice now. Um, let's just, you know, we'll offer him something, but if he gets sent somewhere else, like, it's... Or if he gets a better offer somewhere else, it's fine. Because, like, it's not like Rory was in Bellator knocking dudes out. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, he's a name, but, like, I, I don't know... If people tune in to PFL to see Ray Cooper fight Roy McDonald, and if they do, it's probably out of this morbid sense of like, oh, Cooper might knock him out. Canadians um, are loyal, man. They will tune in to see it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I think Scott Coker gave a comment or two, and, and this is the one that sticks out with me. At the end of the day, we keep the fighters that we want to keep. So that to me suggests that they maybe didn't want Rory. Well, for whatever reason, maybe he's too expensive, or, or, or they just maybe they saw what everybody else saw, which was that he was kind of a distracted fighter who was on the downside. And you could sign one Rory McDonald, or you can sign six or seven interesting UFC guys who just got cut, or some prospects in California because Coker's got a good good eye out there. Or you know, you could have put those funds to better use. And if you're Rory, man, take take your take your uh, take your PFL payout and just you know. Yeah, I, I think it worked best for both parties. Like, yeah. Rory gets the chance to go win a mill, go coast off in the sunset, and I feel like for Bellator, I'm I always err on the side of I think it's better to let a guy go, quote unquote, too early rather than too late. Um, so I think it works out best for both. I think everybody wins here. Yeah. I guess the only thing that sucks is, you know, well, every you always want to rub a match when it's one and one, so we'll probably never get a Lima Rory two uh, three. I mean, but 
is what it is. I think, I, but I think people know who. You know. Yeah, I like. I, 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 I like. Um, I, I like Roy, but like he, he was not winning that third fight. Yeah, Lima got takedown defense now. It's over for you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he had it in that fight at least. <laughs> Lima with takedown defense. Good luck. And maybe, you know what? Maybe the awkwardness did kind of play into it. Like it's hard to promote a guy who seems so disinterested in fighting for your organization. You know what I mean? So, uh, Coker could have. They could have just been like, "Hey, look, we like him, but let him be somebody else's problem for a little bit." Because you can always resign a guy. If he finds it in the PFL, they can always bring him back. Yeah. I'll see. Uh, the only other story that I had, a uh, quick blurb, uh, that I thought was interesting. <laughs> and I can't even really expand on this because I don't really know much about it. Uh, but the yeah, the Global Association of Mixed Martial Arts, uh, a.k.a. Gamma, uh, has taken the first major step towards international recognition by submitting its application to the Global Association of International Sports Federations. It's a lot of labels and words and acronyms. Um, I only wrote this down because I guess somehow it is connected to the Olympics. Um, so apparently, I guess, if this application process goes well, and I'm not going to lie, I don't really know a whole lot about this. I literally just saw this this morning and jotted it down. But um, I guess if this application process goes well, it it's a a step forward in having like MMA be potentially being recognized as like an Olympic sport. Um, but like I said, I don't really know a ton about it, but I just jotted it, jotted it down because in case the MMA becomes uh, in case MMA becomes an Olympic sport, this will have been a step along in the process. But maybe just something to keep an eye on. Um, but I don't know who's in this gamma. Uh, organization but I know they've done work with uh, one championship from what I read that they held some kind of event together um, and did something with like a lot of amateur athletes where they were helping them pay for training something something they, they did with them but just something to keep an eye, uh, an eye on so maybe MMA will be in the Olympics at some point um, but that's all I got for news in case you guys unless you guys have anything that I might have missed um, I don't know if we mentioned it when we talked about Figueredo and Benavides, but to to make that fight, they had to strip Henry Cejudo of his title. And did we get a comment from Henry Cejudo? Yeah. What, he what, said he was not stripped. He relinquished the belt. Yeah. He was Probably stripped. because he could not make that weight. Okay. I just like, wanted I to know... Let's, because I did see some people complaining about that. Let's let's handle that right now. Cejudo was not coming back to 125. Yeah, no. It was a pain. The fact to... that he made 125 at all is right. bonkers considering how little he seemed to actually... Yeah. I think we mentioned that when that fight even happened. Like, that was just the thing, just to have two belts. Like... Yeah, like... There was no intention on having, like, a... a... I'm going to rule this division with an iron fist. It's kind of just like a showcase. Like, hey, I got two belts. You can promote me more. So, I do it's have... One of those things. Oh, my God. I, I, saw, I, found, I'm, I looked up to see his uh, his statement on losing the belt. And it showed a video of him calling out Jose Aldo. It's him coming out of... A, did, you've seen this video, I have a Joy. 
I saw the thumbnail. I kept. I want nothing it, to uh... do with this. I want <laughs> nothing to do with this feud. I want it's... nothing to do with this feud. It's Henry Sudo coming out of a pool. A swimming he sits pool. A swimming pool. He sits in a plastic beach chair. Like a white plastic beach chair, not like a, a, a recliner or something, like a white plastic beach chair, which is precariously at the edge of the pool between these two women who look like they want nothing to do with being there. <laughs> and some po- and some woman in the back who's fortunate enough that Henry Cejudo's having her like fan him with it's not it's not even like a leaf you would use to fan people with. And she gets to hide her face, though, so she was the winner. Did you see Aldo's video for this? No. It's just. I'm it's, angry that he's even. It's just him at a gun <laughs> range shooting a whole bunch of high, high, like high level weaponry, and occasionally mentioning Henry Cejudo's name, and then talking in Brazil in Portuguese. It's this whole feud is so unlike weird. Let me see if I can find the Aldo video. No, we we don't need. No, that. no, 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 no. no. <laughs> now, now we got. I, I purposely skipped over. I am the king of Rio, the, and you are Snow White's bodyguard. Like, the fuck? This is, this is I swear <laughs> to... Uh, I don't remember who... I talked about this with somebody on Twitter. I can't remember who, but... um, My, my main point <laughs> was that... There you go. Just like, trash you. talk is cool in MMA, but 99% of these guys are terrible at it. Just don't do it, man. See, but Sahuda's turned it into a gimmick. Like, I think he's supposed to make you uncomfortable. You made me uncomfortable. It's just, like, cringe funny. What? I don't want any. Yeah, I don't want any. He's too self aware for the gimmick to work. That's true. It's only when when he actually thinks that he's saying, like, hot shit does it actually pay off. Like, I, like I him know. trying to holla at Nikki Bella. <laughs> or was it the other one? Or was it Brit? No, Brit is still married. He took pics with both of them, so good for him. I mean, it wor- It ended up working out for him. All right, I have sent the video of the Jose Aldo. <laughs> okay. uh, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you know. I don't want to play any parts of this. It's just a dumb feud. I, it's not even a feud. Like I don't think anybody thinks they have any issues. No, they, they definitely don't. It's yeah. It's it's just a. But it's just it's just not. Did Jose Aldo even know who Henry Cejudo was prior to Probably September not. of 2018, <laughs> 2019? Yeah. Hell no. Jose Aldo eats trains and goes home. He doesn't watch any of you guys. <laughs> he doesn't know who any of these people are. If you never stepped foot in his gym, he's probably never seen or heard of you before. Oh man. Right. But um, and we we can move away from that. We should, still got some yeah. We should some cards to cover. We should probably get to that because there's like yeah. a lot. Yeah, we got we got we got a lot to talk about. Um, I mean, not all of these we have to spend a ton of time on. Um, what do you guys want to start with? You want to do glory first? You want to do boxing first? Uh, let's get the let's get the fun way out the way. Let's talk about glory. Let's talk about Bayer Hari. And Rico Verhoeven and Lord. All right. So uh, <laughs> this card, uh, they they named it Glory Collision Two, aka Glory Seventy Four. Um, 
This went down on the 21st uh, in the Netherlands, of course, headlined by Rico Verhoeven and Badahari, who are having their rematch. They fought, how many years ago was that? Two? 2017, yeah, I think so. Yeah, about two, two, three years ago, give or take. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just jump right into it. Uh, boy, what a fight. What a, This was like the best and worst fight of the weekend all in one. Um, <laughs> man, Badahari came out, and there, there were just so many things in this fight that I haven't seen before. Um, I think this was the first time we've seen Verhoeven, at least in glory, get knocked down. Um, I don't think anybody's knocked him down in glory. Um, um, I want to say no. I want to say somebody knocked him down. I can't remember who it was. I know, I know he's probably been stunned. I can't remember him being like knocked down though. E- even even so, it's a rare sight. He he doesn't get at least in glory. He has not gotten. Because uh, I know he's been knocked out before. Yeah, he hasn't gotten extremely hurt very often. Yeah, it, it's, he caught. He, it's rare. Yeah, yeah, he caught it early in this fight. Um. He caught it early in the first round. He got, um, I think I hit with a left. Um, Badahari did really good just kind of picking some just really hard power shots. Um, yeah, he, he rocked Verhoeven pretty hard in the first, dropped him to a knee. Uh, Verhoeven got back up. Hari was really taking it to him that first round. Um, second round, and that when, since when I rewatched the fight, I feel like the second round is kind of what led to what happened in the third. I could be wrong, but that second round, probably the most aggressive I've ever seen Verhoeven. Like, he came out the gate with, like, a three-piece. Like, he, I think he, he realized how bad that first round went, and he was ready to give one back. And he was he was lighting Hari up uh, in the beginning of that second round. And he did, uh, Verhoeven landed a lot of leg kicks in that second round. And I'm wondering if that contributed to how this fight ended. Um, cause he, he battered Hari with a lot of low kicks. Um, no, a, re- a really just aggressive Verhoeven in the, the second round. Just really going at it, really going at it, pumping his jab out a lot. So he was landing some three pieces. He he was really trying to feel like get one back. Um, but props to Hari for surviving. Um, and then I think the second round anyway at the end... Uh, was that when he dropped him with the head kick? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, he threw a... He, like, fainted and then, like, threw a right to the body and then threw a high left head, uh, a left high head kick. Um, really, it was a really nice sequence. <laughs> Drop, dropped Verhoeven again. I don't think we've ever seen Verhoeven get dropped twice in a fight. Um, so, like, it was looking bad for Verhoeven out there, man. Like, he, he was staying in the fight, but two knockdowns, Hari gaining some steam, not looking too good. And then in round three, the uh, combat gods had to step in, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, nah, <laughs> we're shutting this event down. Everybody's got to go home." Uh, Badahari tries this uh, spinning, the spinning wheel kick, yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing since I rewatched it, I'm gonna attribute it to the fact that. He ate a ton of leg kicks in that second round. I'm wondering if that had something to do with it, but he threw that spinning wheel kick. It got blocked, and Badahari never got back up. He's uh, I don't know if his leg, ankle, something was either broken or something was extremely wrong. He could not get back to his feet. 
and they had to call the fight off. And thanks to that, uh, we were robbed of seeing Badahari hold a title in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> what a story that would have been. And we got we got robbed of that. We got we got robbed. Um, I don't know how how'd y'all feel about that that chaos. Appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a way to describe. I it. mean, it's Bader Hari. It's heavyweight kickboxing. Like this is how heavyweight kickboxing used to be. It, it just used to be wild shit like this. Um, and I I don't remember who it was on Twitter who put it best, but like Rico Verhoeven feels like a compromise, where it's like, okay, we need somebody competent to be the heavyweight champion. It's just going to be this guy who's kind of just like Anthony Joshua. He's just kind of boring. He's big and muscular and he looks like a, you know, like a, like a superhero action figure, but like, he's kind of just really boring. But yeah, like personality wise. Um, and you know, he's competent in the ring, but he doesn't do anything wild. Like Bayari does who, you know, after knocking a man down twice, decides to hit him with a spinning wheel kick, despite being 250-something pounds. Um, so I, I feel it's only appropriate that uh, Bader Hari, who is basically chaos personified in and out of the ring, loses on a spinning wheel kick where he tears everything in his leg, despite being up on all the scorecards. Yeah. <laughs> Life is cruel, man. Life is cruel. Did you, did you see this fight, Joe? I did not. I actually, uh, what I saw was better than the fight. I saw the Anticles uh, post on it, which summed uh, the fight <laughs> up distinctly yeah. in his own uh, his own way. Uh, what happened uh, to Verhoeven doing MMA is the only question that I have. I suppose. Um, I guess he got offered this fight, which was really big. Like they had this fight at the um, crap. Was it called the? The jail redone? Yeah, and that place, yeah. that place holds anywhere from like twenty to forty thousand people. And if you watch the video, it's like packed. Yeah, I think I think they had like thirty, like thirty thousand people. Yeah, no, like I'm assuming like he sat out this entire year just to do this fight. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if he's still doing MMA or not or whatever. I, I like I like as bad as heavyweight and MMA is and how like shadow it is like in kickboxing it has not been there there's nobody left for him to fight except yeah. for the, except for uh Garasimchuk, who's probably never fighting gory again because he made his debut like a week or like a couple weeks ago and got need so hard in the nuts that they had to call the fight off Ooh. yeah so Jesus. I, I, real quick before we uh run through the rest of this card. I have an interesting tweet I want to read to you about the Verhoeven thing. Uh, you, you'll know. Uh, uh, come from uh, No Jill, No Life. She put up a tweet an hour ago that I thought was really interesting. Uh, she said, it's not Verhoeven's fault that his competition doesn't stack up to that of K1's glory years, but it's telling that his current that the current version of Hari was ahead in the rematch. Yeah. How do you feel about I that? I mean, not wrong. Like, this is not the era of, you know, Ernesto Hoos and Andy Hug and <sighs> Schilt and LeBanner and Mark Hunt and Krokop and, like, all those, like, 
legendary kickboxers. This is this is like I said, it, it feels. It's just, it was the same in MMA for a while, where like everybody was like forty years old. I mean, still, a lot of them still are, but like, it, it just, yeah. You can yeah. only fight who's in front of you. You can only fight who's in front of exactly. Do we get a uh, Glory Collision three? The re- oh hell yeah! <laughs> you see how many people were in that stadium? <laughs> Oh, I man. think the better question is how many times does Rico Verhoeven fight before they do that fight again? Because he didn't fight once this year before this fight. And Bader Hari has been on the shelf for like two years because he, he somehow him and um, who was the dude he fought? They both failed the drug test and had to, and were, were suspended, which I didn't know Glory did. I don't want my heavyweights being drug tested. <laughs> it's kickboxing, damn it! <laughs> it was him and Hesse Georges, Georges. Like, yeah. I didn't know either. Like, I didn't know that was impossible. Uh, well, it did happen. Well, we probably, unfortunately, won't see him again for another uh, two years. Yeah, three years. Yeah. But uh, Rico Verhoeven uh retains his title in a fight that. I ain't gonna say he would have lost, but he, uh, lost. he wasn't looking too good. <laughs> wasn't looking too good. Uh, for the sake of time, I can't run through the entire card. I'm just gonna uh, go down to uh, the uh, middleweight title fight with uh, Alex Pereira and oh boy, I'm gonna butcher this name. Erdogan Bayrock Bayrock. Um, Alex Pereira killed him. Um. Literally, as the bell was ringing, he hit Byrock with a left hook, and his face was flying through the rope. Um, Al Ferreira's a killer, man. I feel like people don't talk about him enough. Dude's an, an animal out there. He's just been knocking people out and just sending people to the afterlife. Absolutely fucking phenomenal. Yeah, his fights have not been competitive <laughs> for like the last like three years. I'm like, He's been just slaughtering dudes. And for those who um, don't know, he's the last person uh, to knock out UFC champion Israel Adesanya. Which Not begs yet. the question. How long before he's on the contender series? Uh, probably not, because he's like 35 years old. It doesn't matter. They, they've got a fight to build up now. Like, okay. I, I think he hinted at MMA. I think he's done MMA before, actually. He needs to. That man is. Oh, he's thirty-two. My bad, but he's done, he did MMA way back in like two thousand. Oh, it was 2015, 2016, and he went two and one. Mm. Well, just because I see yeah. they like they'll put kickboxers who are making that transition onto the contender series, like Giga. What's his name? Giga Chikadze. Yeah, Chikadze, who made his debut this year. He was on the contender series first, and there was another guy this year. Who was kickboxing first and foremost, and then they they put him on the contender series. So I wonder if that's like if they'll have like a conversation with him and like, hey, if you want to try it, we'll give you a shot, and then you can always because if he wins a few fights, they're gonna rush him to Adesanya. Just because, yeah, yeah, it's a fight you can sell. So interesting. And they have the footage probably. 
I think you always get it. If it's right. in glory, then yeah, because they, they had, I think they had Chikadze's footage on. I don't know. Right, we'll see. But if Alex Pereira is not on your radar, uh, do your Googles, man. Been, uh, do your Googles. Been uh, taking some souls for quite some time now. Um, but that was Glory 74. Can't go through the whole card. We gotta, still got a lot to get to. Um, I want to quickly just run through these Bellator cards real quick. Uh, do, a, do a rapid fire of 235 and 236. Yay. Uh, all right, so starting with 235, uh, this was the uh, Salute to the Troops card. Um, it was supposed to have been headlined by uh, Josh Barnett and Hani Marks, but Josh Barnett pulled out at literally like the last second. Uh, so instead, uh, the main event was uh, Eric Perez versus Toby. What say his last name? Misich. Sitch. Sitch. Misich. Um, yeah, uh, Eric Perez got knocked out. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no technical breakdown here. Toby, uh, yeah, Toby, Toby got him out of here. Sat him on his butt. It, 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 that was disappointing. Mostly because, like, uh, like I always, Eric Perez probably shouldn't have been like let go from the UFC, but it also sounds like it was kind of his fault. So. Uh, we did. We we talked about when he got like let go. Yeah, yeah. I I was a Perez fan. I wanted to see him stick around, and then uh, I loosely kept up with him because he went over to uh, was it was it Combat to America? Yes. Yeah, and he seemed like he was doing pretty good. Like he had a nice little little streak going. Made it back to Bellator and or made it to Bellator, and then got knocked out by a guy who missed weight by like six pounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life, man. Little asterisk. Not a... Put an asterisk back to it. Yeah, that wasn't real. Switching the matrix. Imagine <laughs> this is like pancreas. <laughs> Imagine if this is like pancreas, where like if you uh law you want to fight with uh, uh while you miss weight, you don't get the win. You just get like a no a no contest or something. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad at that. I mean, what if it's by like a half a pound? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Raising the stakes. Right. Make that. I'm way. thinking about the fighters here. I don't know about you guys. Obviously, thinking about your hey, self-interest. Hey, you know what? You know. You know. You know what the contract was when you signed it. Put that burger down, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do that. Aldo died and eat six pounds of salad. <laughs> tearing me through around here, pal. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Eric Perez got starts. So, uh, Toby Masich got that win. Um, oh, you said you watched the Alejandra Lara fight, right? Uh, yes. Uh, it was, a, it was a very, mostly one-sided fight in which Lara beat the crap out of that Arteaga. Yeah, um, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. I thought it was Ortega, but, like, there's an E in there, and it makes it weird. Um, but, beat the crap out of her, mostly in the clinch, um... Really nice elbows from the clinch. Just, like, really laid it into her. Bloody it up her face. Cut her open. Knocked her down once or twice. Um, I don't remember on what. But it, it was a one-sided showing for um, Lara, who is looking more and more like um, an MMA fighter. As opposed to just, like, a, like a really good athlete. Like, her athleticism starting to show in how she throws her techniques and stuff. So that's... Been interesting. 
Um, so yeah, no. there's only scores. It's thirty twenty sixes across the board. Yeah, <laughs> worth. Yeah, no, she she was lighting up that uh, yeah. that. Uh, it is worth noting she also missed weight. Yeah. So there was a so was no a, contest. There was a, there you go. There's a, a no contest. <laughs> oh boy, no. No, contest. but like uh, Anna Cole and I, whenever I'm on here, we normally discuss it. Like most women's MMA fights wind up in the clinch, so you better be real, real good in the clinch. And I thought she was fantastic there. Like you're gonna wind up in that spot at some point. So. I mean, I, 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 both of you saw this I, I card. And I didn't. I think that's fair in just like most. Oh no, totally. I would agree. I think most fights in general wind up against the fence. Or well, no, no, no. Like, like specifically when you don't have like very quick twitch athletes with like, or 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 athletes who have um, like outside games. So like, if you're not like, for example, like a Holly Holm, who her entire game is built around not being in the clinch outside and outside the JD uh the GDR fight, she's in a really she's. Made most of her career just never going to the clinch, keeping people at distance. Right. Uh, so, like, unless your game is like built around that, or unless you are a fantastic athlete, you know, it's hard. It's hard to stay out of the clinch. Yeah. So you better you better have a like. That's probably the one thing that I love, I love the most about Adesanya and Joanna is that when they get you in the clinch, they make you pay if you can't get them down. Exactly. So you better have that in your game. Go. Fight tip of the week. Got that clinch work. So, do we touch on the failed main event, or do we just kind of let it go? Nah, let it ride. Nah, we don't got time. Yeah, no, we don't got time. <laughs> we, <laughs> Bye, Josh wait, Barnett. Wait, 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 wait. Can we talk about Ronnie Marks with like the greatest tattoo ever? Thanks God. Thanks God. Amen. <laughs> hey, we gonna thank something super casual. <laughs> oh, where does he have it at? It's, it's like on his back. It's on his left shoulder. Yeah, it's like it's it's very visible. It's hey man, I like, <laughs> I met at you. <laughs> I just hope it like it looks cool. It, no. It's right above the, his chest tattoo that says "Warrior of God." Is it even like like cool font? No. Or just like some basic? No, it's just uh, it's, it's, it's like it's, Times New Roman. <laughs> oh, okay, you can't. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't put the God tattoo in Times New Roman. It looks photoshopped. You wouldn't believe oh, it's real God. unless you saw it. Oh man, if you if you're gonna give God the shout out, you gotta at least you gotta spruce it up, man. I mean, no, they're, they're friends. It's fine. He's he's casual. Uh, Times New Roman. Uh, come on. It's a very polite thank you. He's looking at the poster. <laughs> he has a he has a formal tattoo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man. God. Thanks. Thanks, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Hobby. Imagine if it was like ironic. God. It's like, thanks, God. <laughs> you can't be passive aggressive with your tattoos. Right. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, uh, rest of the results on the card, just real quick, at least for the main card. <laughs> a uh, Bellator card. Like, thanks, God. <laughs> But uh, moving down, uh, Tywan Claxton got a unanimous decision over Braden Akeo or Akeo, and uh, prospect uh, Joey Davis. I want to say remains undefeated. Uh, he got a TKO win over Chris Saneros. Uh, so that was Bellator 235 rolling right along. Bellator 236 uh, headlined by Lima Lay McFarland versus Kate Jackson. Um, I don't really have. 
a super technical breakdown of the fight. Just <clears throat> McFarlane was able to get Kate Jackson down repeatedly. Um, went for some submissions here and there. A uh, little bit of ground and pound. It was a little bit of stand-up. Not, not a whole lot. It, um, it was enough to see that either McFarlane has improved quite a bit. Because... Yeah, the fight she had with Veda really exposed that she's not that she's not a good striker, but it was also enough to show, or it could also just be that Kate Jackson herself is not a great striker. She's yeah, from, Kate didn't. Yeah, didn't have, didn't have anything really going on. She didn't really have much of an answer to anything. Yeah, she uh, McFarlane was just uh, like able to push her back, um, march march her down towards the fence, able to get her in the clinch. Um, when she did decide to throw, she landed pretty... She landed at, like, a really good rate. Like, I think that she was landing, like, every, like, 50% of the punches she threw. I think that was the stat they showed. Like, so, and, and it, the, the fight only got more lopsided the longer it went on. Like, the end of the fifth round was McFarlane in mount, just dropping elbows on yeah. uh, Jackson, who had basically just given up at that point. Um... But you know, she won in front of her home crowd. Or her, I don't know if she was from Honolulu or not, but she won in front of her home crowd there in Hawaii, and they were ecstatic for her. Like they were really hyped for her. So that was cool to see. Actually, yeah, real like uh, I, I kind of missed it because I think I went to like use the bathroom or do something. But I missed her whole. She had like a really like epic like entrance. Like, I saw the very beginning of it, but I, I, I think I left the room to do something. Uh, she normally walks out, like she, like, she normally walks out and has, like, a big entrance for her. In Hawaii, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is she a bigger star than Max Holloway in Hawaii? What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say no, because yeah. this is a, this is, um, what is it? This is the, the Neil Blaisdell Center, which I think holds only, like, 4,000 people. I could be I could be wrong. Uh, hold up, let me find the, the the tweet because someone tweeted out. Um, I think it was gross. Tweeted out how big the uh, the venue actually is. Yeah, no, I don't know how big it is, but like, she she is obviously a star. Like, she is somebody you can put in Hawaii, and she will draw a crowd. Um, which. It's good. Like, that's the thing you shut up. So the yeah, so the Blaisdell Arena for Blaisdell Arena for theater seating, it's eighty eight hundred. Um, and for concert hall seating, it's twenty one hundred. That's a big ass difference. So I don't know. I, like I don't know honestly how big the crowd was, but like she has a following there. That's what it feels like. It feels like every time she fights, it's a bigger deal compared to when other guys other big guys fight in bellator like she's got a she's got she's, yeah, got, no, she's got a yeah she's she's got she's i feel like she's becoming like one of the faces pretty much i think like, she pretty much is yeah like she's there like the mayor of, like honolulu's like giving out like her the keys of the city she's like um what was it the university of hawaii football team she was there like at halftime and she was like their big celebrity guest and like the crowd went wild when they saw her like she she is a star in hawaii 
I don't know how well that translates to all the other things going on there, right? Or, or going on in like MMA, the MMA landscape as like from a fan perspective. But like, she is someone who they can put in Hawaii once a year and draw a big crowd. Yeah, boy, and drum up some excitement. So that's that's always great. No, that, and and Bellator needs that. She's like one of those super rare homegrowns that have hit. Like they've hit on her. Yeah, like imagine if Brennan Ward was good. Or if you can rely on Gallagher for, you know. I, they, might, they might be able to sneak Jack Gallagher <laughs> to, to, to the Bellator title now. True. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah he, probably, he got an extra push that he didn't even know. Darian Caldwell's busy. Let's get Jack the title shot. <laughs> He, he's gonna be confused on like his next phone call. Like, <laughs> oh boy! But uh, now nah, shout out to Lee Malay McFarland just dominated pretty much for five rounds. Uh, co-main event: uh, AJ McKee versus Derek Campos. Um, how do how do you guys feel about this one? It's a lot of wild energy. I feel like going on. Like, <laughs> I feel like McKee just like just shot himself out of a cannon. And just like kept going. I think Jordan Breen pretty much summed up how I felt. It's like it's wild to me that the fucking arguably the most boring fighter ever turned his son into like one of the most dynamic, <laughs> entertaining, like young up and comers in the sport. But at the same time, like it's really worrying when, it, like, where, like, it seems like Junior's tired in the third round, so he just flops to his back. That's, I, I mean, there are there are some technical things I can critique because I, I, I think he, I don't know what it was about Campos that made him just go buck wild and just start throwing like these huge lunging overhands from like six feet away, <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, uh, like it, the great finish, uh, and the he was hella quick to snap that uh, the triangle armbar. Yeah. That was a slick. That was a slick. Yeah, cause I thought that was a slick escape by Campos, where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get out the back door," and he's like, "Nope, fuck you." I think that he, in a weird way. He shows a, like a ton of promise, but he also shows that he's still really young. Yeah, he's only been fighting for about four years professionally, anyway. Yeah. And do we know if there's some sort of like incentive if you finish your fight quickly? Because I think this is a part of their tournament, right? Um, I don't believe so. Uh, like unless they're giving out bonuses. Yeah, that's just something we don't know about because it's not like a PFL. Uh, no, I was just, that's what I was asking. I wasn't entirely sure. No, no. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's like, just bored. Like he's he's been kind of just coasting through everybody. Like he just maybe he just got bored because he definitely came out really aggressive. Yeah, he just yeah. <laughs> like when you like Donkey Kong when you jump in the barrel. He just shot himself out. Yeah. And I think that's why he got tired. Like, dude just... I think he needed to settle himself down a little more. Like, I don't know what had him so excited or angry or whatever it was. But... He's just like, I'm in Hawaii. I want to fu- I, I want to leave so I can just go fucking party. 
That's right. Bob. <laughs> Bob. I was going to say, okay. like, that's cause he, he's made evented events before, so it's not like he got spooked by the occasion. No, he clearly he was ready. Like, he, he seemed, like, honestly, God, like, it, like, he's talked about how he's gotten blackout drunk the night before fights before. Well. <laughs> oh, boy. Don't test the John Jones waters. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not a good idea. It takes a special kind of craziness not... to walk those yeah, yeah. I, I will yeah. say Bellator like I think they got something special on their hands with him like um, I'm I'm hoping I'm pulling for that final between him and Patricio see but that's kind of why I hate tournaments because you take the the control is taken away from you and, and put into like the most random of random events what if he loses yeah that's basically what I'm uh, that's that's the risk reward. Like he he loses. No, you know whatever. Gotcha. And but if they both make it to honest, the finals, like they've gone through the entire division to do it. Understood. Yeah. They, I think another thing, real quick, to contribute what might have had him tired, because um, I didn't realize it the first time I watched. I think he did actually get rocked with a left. It was a really quick thing that happened that I don't think a lot of us really caught. They had like a quick like scramble, and they got back up. And Compost just like fired a quick left because that was when AJ McKee just dropped to his back. Oh really? He got hit with yeah. He got hit with something like right before that happened. But like it wasn't like a. It didn't look major, so I don't think anybody really paid it any attention. But I think he did actually get hit with something. So that might have been contributed to him looking kind of. Kind of kind of gassed out. Huh. I might have to go back and watch that. But I mean, other than that, he, you know, he did he drop Campos twice. I think something like that. Yeah, he dropped him on the left in the, the second. He, he, yeah, he was he was on fire. Um, and a lot of takedowns and transitions. He, he looked good. He looked good. Just a little bit reckless at times, but youthful energy, I guess. Uh, I envy that. Thirty years old. Uh, I don't have that no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! I almost forgot. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just go back to Elimelech McFarland real quick. Um, she's now tied for with Ben Askren for most title defenses in Bellator history, at four. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Ben only had four. It felt like he had four thousand. No, he had four, and then he and then they fired him. <laughs> it felt like four thousand because how long those fights were. Just drab takedowns and God, when is this gonna be over? I, mean, I I enjoyed watching him beat the crap out of um, what's his face? Not Liam, but the other one, the French dude. Uh, oh Amasu. yeah, that's the one that I remember the most. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he destroyed Amasu. That was <laughs> yikes, yikes. But uh, nah, props to AJ McKee continues to uh, impress. Uh, I don't know who's on his side of the bracket, so I don't know who he gets. He gets um, the winner of Darian Caldwell versus uh, Borks. That Darian Caldwell, man. That that that's gonna be a good fight. If if if, if Borks wins anyway. A lot of things to be said about Darian that we don't have time for. Goodness gracious. <laughs> God. But 
moving on, uh, also on the card, uh, Jason Jackson versus uh, Kichi Kunimoto. I kind of saw this fight like in spurts. Um, I wanted to pay attention. Always uh, rooting for the LFA, uh, LFA guys. No, uh, no diss to Kunimoto. How dare you? That's stressor. And low key. That's stressor. <laughs> I mean, he put up a valiant effort. He got dropped. Uh, you know, it was a fun fight though. I, I enjoyed it. Um, quiet as kept. Jason Jackson might have beat Ed Ruth too. I gotta rewatch that fight though. But. That was really close. It was very competitive. Every organization but, um, needs a Jason Jackson. I mean, props to him, too, because he took this fight on pretty short notice. Because right. it was supposed to be, what, Neiman Gracie? Yes. And yep. Neiman got hurt or something. Yeah. So I, Jackson came in on short right. notice and put on a pretty, like, rabid pace. Like, I I, I was impressed. I, I just wanted to see him bounce back from the Ed Ruth fight because I, I remember thinking that I thought he won that one. That Kimura escape sequence was hella fun where he's just, like, cartwheeling to get out of it. <laughs> oh, man. Did either of you take in the uh, Raytheon stops fight? You know what? I, uh, I'm going to say I watched well, it, on. but I don't remember anything uh, about it. I'll say, let me move down real quick and then we'll get to that. Okay. That's like I only have like a brief, brief thought on that. It's like, but uh, congrats to Jason Jackson. He got the win over uh, Strasser. And then at women's flyweight, uh, I wanted to watch this fight and I didn't. But <laughs> Juliana uh, Velasquez defeated uh, Bruna Ellen. Uh, Velasquez might end up. She should. Probably not too far from title shot. She should probably, be. Probably is the She next. should be next. Like... The the only way I see them, well, no, it, it, they may probably have a title fight before they get for a title fight. So I, I'm assuming if they do sign Liz Carmouche, they'll make her fight somebody before they make her fight for a title. But I, I think Velasquez beats uh, McFarlane. Really? To be honest, yeah. Like I think she's athletically better. I think she's. I don't know if I call her a. You know, I call her a better striker, but though I don't think like. Striking's not like wrestling or jujitsu, where like being better necessarily means you're you're not gonna lose in that area. It, um, I think her striking has one more conviction. She has more like she she has more tools and athletically, I think she's more suited to it. And I think she's just a little bit more grounded. Like she stays. Like, she knows what she's going to do with her hands. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, with McFarlane, it kind of it kind of feels like she's, like, te- like not, uh, she's testing what works out. Like, with Velasquez, she's like, I know what I'm going to do when I get in there. We'll see. We'll see. Well, she cruised to a unanimous decision. Scorecards were pretty lopsided. I'm going to have to go back and... Uh... And watch that one. Um, all right, so Joy, now I'll hand it off to you. No, 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 I didn't. One, these are some interesting names. <laughs> Raytheon Stotts against Chaden Lahaloa. Um, no, I, I yeah. just, I really like Raytheon Stotts. I was, I've been following him since his, uh, his Victory FC days, which was one of like the first promotions they put on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, and he probably is in the UFC if he fights, if he beats, um, what's the guy's name? His only there- loss. Uh, the rest really yeah because they put him on looking for a fight and he uh 
he got spinning back twisted in like a minute. And I remember that because then that's how Marab got the contract, even though he was probably going to get one anyways because he's a Matt Sarah guy. I like him a lot. I think he's got a lot of work to do with his hands. He's another guy who's way too willing to engage in the clinch and just kind of hang out there and, and fight for takedowns when probably could separate and, and do a little bit more. Uh, Leo Loa is a really solid regional, uh, regional guy. He fought on the Contender Series. This was a pretty interesting fight that I was excited for. It was not heavy on action, but uh, it almost felt like one of those early flyweight fights where it gets to the ground and then it's just two guys trading submissions. So, uh, you know, just keep an eye on Stott. I think he's got a lot of potential, and I think Bellator is a good place for him to develop that. But I didn't have anything, like, super about the fight. Just, just like, don't be surprised if Stott at the end of 2020 is a pretty significant player in the division. I mean, the division is... Basically non-existent, so... True. True. Yeah, yeah they, they need him. True. <laughs> I'm just saying I think he's got some upside. That's it. That's all I have to say. Yep. Does he have a nickname? I feel like with that kind of name, you have to have a nickname. Raytheon? Ra- yeah. Superstats? Really? Yep. Is it? That's cool, I guess. <laughs> Superstat. <laughs> um... And rounding out the main card, a fight that I halfway saw, uh, Zachary Zane defeated. Somebody help me out here. <laughs> oh, we gotta go. Uh, we gotta try to take a shot of the name. Uh oh. Nate, 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 Noah Dunn. That sounds about right. There we go. There we go. That's close enough. The baby face uh, assassin. There you go. There you go. Uh, Zachary Zane. Uh, Zachary Zane. Sorry, got a unanimous decision uh, over him. Uh, that was it. That was Bellator 236. I mean, from the, the bits and pieces I saw, because I was trying to switch between that and boxing and all this at the same time. Some streams were working, some weren't. Had a lot going on. But from what I saw, it was like a pretty solid card. Um, and their two biggest stars, obviously, McKee and McFarlane won. So, good on Bellator. Their stars keep rolling. Uh, so, yeah. That was Bellator 235 and 236. Moving along, what uh, <laughs> what boxing fight do we want to cover first? We want to talk about the quitter, or we want to talk about uh, the Charlo fight. Chavez Jr. isn't getting any mercy from me. <laughs> All right, so you, I want to hear y'all talk about the uh, the Chavez Jr. and Chavez Sr. face palming and disappointment. <laughs> Well, Joey, because since you, you probably saw more of this than I did, like, I only got a chance to watch it while I was at right. work. Um, so you probably had a better vantage point. So I'll, I'll let you leave this one. Uh, you know what, man? Everything you've heard has been, like, er- everything you've heard about this fight is true. Like, there was a brief period to start off. First off, uh, Julio, uh, Julio Chavez Jr. came out with, uh, he you know, like, dyed his hair overnight, and it was, like, white and blue. And so that was weird. That was the first thing that I noticed. And he came out really kind of aggressive. He took the first round. He caught Jacobs off guard. I think Jacobs is a naturally slow starter, though, sometimes. So could have been a combination of both guys having their moments. Second round was pretty competitive. Third round, I thought Jacobs established the fact that uh, JCC Jr. was not going to start coming forward and not pressuring him enough. So he kind of put him against the ropes more often than not. And um, it looked like it was kind of going to be a fight where Jacobs was maybe going to go for the finish eventually or just start really putting the pressure on. And then right around that round, 
uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. started looking at the ref a lot. And he would like motion with his forearm like a flipper, like he was getting hit in the, with, with like an elbow. And then he went back to his corner and the body language was real suspect. And then the fifth round, where he literally just complained for the whole round and occasionally would throw punches just to remind Jacobs that this was a fight. And it was looking more and more like the Canelo fight where he just stopped fighting. And then he goes out uh, into his corner and they immediately cut to Julio Cesar Chavez. <laughs> who uh, immediately puts his head in his hands and is face palming and giving... If, 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 listen, if you're a, you've got Spanish parents, you've seen this like hand up shrug and you know, you know what that means. <laughs> so I'm looking at him and he, he does the thing and then he throws his hands up. And I'm thinking like, oh, he's just disappointed because his son is losing. And then they cut to the corner where Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is saying, I can't, I can't breathe. It's like, oh, that's, that's questionable. That's a little nerve-wracking. And then the ref comes over, and he and Freddie Roach have a chit-chat. And then the arms start waving, which means the fight's over. So he quit in his corner. Now, to, to, to further kind of paddle this all together, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., came in talking about how this was like the first fight he's ever had that he was sober for and how he was as motivated as ever. And he missed weight. So he had to give a million dollars to Danny Jacobs for missing weight because he couldn't make the weight. And then, so you, you have all these drama, all this drama show, so to speak, with this one guy who's always been given everything. Like no matter how many times he screws up, everybody always comes to his defense. He's always got like an excuse. So, his fan base is very loyal. They put up with a lot. And here, in his final chance, his last chance to prove himself to his fans, he quit. So they lose it. And this pretty looked like a pretty big house are showering him with soda and beer and things are being flown his way. And Mickey Rourke, of all people, is trying to, like, Tina Turner bodyguard him to the back. <laughs> Whitney Houston bodyguard him to the back. And it's just a madhouse. And poor Danny Jacobs, they keep him in the ring, and he's trying to give his speech, his post-match, uh, his post-fight presser, uh, and he's getting beer cans thrown at him, too. So they got to cut it short so they can get him to the back, and apparently when he was going to the back, everybody stopped. Like, they stopped throwing things. But just the ultimate Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. fiasco, to the point where you wonder, like, what were you people expecting? This is what he always does to you guys. This is what he always does to everybody, every promoter who's ever been involved with him. Like, this is not shocking to me. Uh, but it was an awful scene, and um, stop giving this guy fights. Stop, 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 yeah. stop paying him. <laughs> you know, like, fighters risk their lives for a living. You never want to hear a fighter not get paid. Like, stop paying this. This is like oddly Harrison levels of, of embarrassment. You know, and hey, look, I do think he was hurt. I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, if, if he made weight, did everything right, and quit, I don't think it would be as big of a controversy. But the fact that everything was kind of handed his way and bent for his whims, and, and he does that at the end, like, I can understand why they were frustrated. But don't throw things. That's not nice. And Sensei, if you've got a... You gotta... He might have deserved He might have deserved at least two of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't throw things at Jacob. Yeah, like, Jacob, yeah. Didn't, he did his job. No, I'm sorry. Chavez Jr., I'm sorry. I don't like bashing fighters on here. You gotta go, man. Get, catch all the beer. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, catch all of the beer. Don't do it. Like, and I only, 
like I said, I only saw this in bits and pieces. And I, I won't spend a lot of time on this because you pretty much broke down everything that, that happened. But from my vantage point, from the little bit I saw, it to me it felt like once Danny Jacobs started to turn up, that was when he wanted out. He got a little blood over his eye. He's a little busted up. And he decided, you know what? It's time to go. I would have much rather you, like, at least take a dive. Yeah, like, take a body shot. I don't know. Take a knee. Yeah. Yeah, take a body shot, go down, don't get back up. Even if it looks fake, whatever. I'll I'll take that. <laughs> I, I think it was the face palm from his dad <laughs> that just really just... I, I've never felt so bad for some... Like... That's your son, and you love your son, and you do anything for him, and you want the best for him, and you got to sit in this crowd and watch, like, I didn't raise you to do that, man. Like, <laughs> like I, I never taught you to do that. Like, And I feel bad for him because I know for the next two to three months, anytime he's out in public or he has a microphone in his face, they're going to ask him about that fight. And I just, I couldn't imagine that, like, I don't even know what to tell the, the interviewer who's asking, like, I don't know, what do I, what do I say? <laughs> My son quit. Like, there's <laughs> nothing, ah, that is embarrassing, it's embarrassing on so many levels. But, you know what, the moral of the story, to keep this short and sweet, like you said, you gotta stop giving this guy fights, man. It's, it's gotta stop. The show, this, the show has to end here. This is the last stop on the train. Nah, I'll be back. This. He can be back, but it can't be, we can't be main eventing, it can't, like, I don't know. Nah, and I cool. apparently this fight got moved, like, do you have any idea why it got moved, why there was, like, a venue change, or? From, like, did it, are you talking about, like, why it wasn't happening in, like, a state, like, like, uh, Nevada, or? Something like that, yeah, like, there was some sort of venue oh, situation. Yeah, so the Chavez tested positive for, like, drugs. Ah, I see. And this was the old, this was one of the commissions that would ex, that would just like I don't care, come fight here anyway. Yeah, see, now you now see extra beer can now. Wow, I didn't geez, know that. Well, <laughs> so okay, so he the whole thing was he would have to go before the board and like argue about like why he should get his license back or whatever. Like I don't think he was still suspended, but I think it was like one of those situations where you have to be like okay. Um, so they pulled a John Jones. Yeah, basically. Mm. Except this was planned out ahead of time. <laughs> I think in the moment, John Jones is capable of contrition. Like I think he does feel bad about his actions, but he just can't stop himself from doing it again. I'm not sure he like Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. feels bad about anything. I mean, why would he? They're paying him all this money. Good point. Great point. Well, if I saw my dad do that as a reaction to me, I would be the most hurt person. Yeah. You also probably haven't been spoiled since the day you were born. Right. That is true. It's just like the only comparison I could give it to was once upon a time when I was a, when I was a kid, I played Little League and I ran the wrong way for the first time. And my dad made that reaction. That's the only time I've ever seen anybody else. <laughs> but at least you didn't like run the wrong way and then you just ran <laughs> home. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You got it. You went back out there. You know, you yeah, figured I it out. Yeah, down. I looked and noticed and then I turned it around. And because it's Little League, like, the ball was in, like, left field and nobody could get it. <laughs> right, just, it was, just, just so we have the full story, 
Chavez was suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission because he refused to take a random drug test once he, the fight was announced. He, was, he has a history of anti-doping violations and it was no shock that he would decline a surprise test. So they just moved the fight to Phoenix. Absurd. Wow. It was like the face palm is almost like deep-rooted disgust. And I actually, like, for a brief second, I felt bad for Julio Cesar Chavez because I thought he was doing it because he was losing, which is mean. But instead, it was because he was quitting. So. Yeah. Even the the dog doesn't approve. That's mine. He's freaking out about something or another. He's angry about Julio, too. Yeah, he's just maybe bet on him. <laughs> he's just, he's, he's he took the over. And now he's, he's got to deal with that. 30 kibbles on the over. Yeah, God. But you know what, man? Shout out to Danny Jacobs. Because, like, none of this is your fault. He went out and did what you had to do. And, unfortunately, you had to bear some of the the, the consequences of getting things thrown out. He, he went out there and boxed. He did what he had to do. And just sport is wild, man. Crazy things happen sometimes, and this unfortunately had to be just one of those moments. Uh, and real quick, so we can move along to the Busan card, uh, I guess I'll let you guys handle this because I didn't get to see it in much to comment on it, but the uh, Charlo and uh, Harrison uh, rematch. I only saw, like, the first round, so I'm not of much help here. It's going to be all anti cool. All right, so cool. Um, so <laughs> the first six rounds of this fight were basically Tony Harrison. Um, I'm not gonna say having his way with Charlo, but like it was pretty clear that they were both um, content to fight like you know forehead to forehead, and Harrison was the more uh, schooled boxer there. But Harrison did get knocked down off a left hook in the second round, so that you know kept it competitive in the early rounds. So, commentary tells the tale of two thi- uh, of two things. So you had the guys who were actually in charge of not in charge, but they were providing like the scores for commentary. I don't remember the names. Both of them had Charlo winning rounds seven through nine. Well, the commentary team, who again I don't even know who was on commentary. Um, Lennox. Yeah, than, Lennox Lewis. Was it Lennox? I think it was Lennox. Or was, uh, yeah, it had to have been Lennox because Lennox was not on the Chavez fight. Yeah. So they had him. They were talking about how they thought Harrison was winning, you know, rounds seven through nine. I I thought Charlo had uh, was coming back. It seemed to me like Harrison was slowing down. He was doing more showboating. Um, he was still landing. Like, it was still a competitive fight. Like, I think the total strike... Like, they, they were keeping a thing of the total punches landed um, in the corner during the fight. And, like, they were, like, neck and neck the entire time and trading, like, who was in the lead and who wasn't. <clears throat> but, um, you know, I, I, I think the back half, like, Charlo was really picking up. It was really becoming, like, a competitive, more competitive fight. Uh was doing a nice job of landing with that jab and um the, like you could see the distance getting wider and wider like it was no longer forehead to forehead like there was actually some distance between the two um Harrison continued to try and showboat and get under Charlo's skin then the 11th round comes around um uh, uh Harrison like literally 10 seconds earlier like put his like basically dropped both his hands and was like is this all you got and Charlo proceeded to drop him with a left hook. 
Oh no, the Nate Campbell. Yeah. Um, Harrison, who, uh, and this was one where like you could tell like his legs were like not shot, but like he he was definitely like on, on skates. And Harrison tried to play off against nothing. Like, damn, you know, whatever. So he gets back up. They go back at it again, and, Her- and then Charlo drops him with yet another left hook. Proceeds to hop on the ropes and, like, you know, he thinks it's over. The ref is still counting. The commissioner comes into the ring and is like, Charlo, the fight's not over. Get off the, the ring. <laughs> and then uh, Charlo goes in for the kill. Uh, and Harrison gets the fight called while he's standing in the corner. Um, basically just eating Charlo's shots. And the ref just steps in and is just like, no, you're done. You're done. I'm sorry. This is how it ends. So, um. Uh, yeah, that was a it was a really great fight. Um, you you kind of see a little bit of the weaknesses of like Charlo, especially in the, those early rounds where he was content to just sit in the pocket and bo- like and try to outwork Harrison, but that didn't work. Um, once he started, you know, actually play a little bit of distance, you know, trying to get that range on that left hook, it started landing and eventually led to the knockout. Um, Harrison's just not a like in I mean I, like I I think I uh I I rewatched this fight I re, I watched the first fight for the first time earlier this week um Harrison is just not a back of the fight fighter he, like he's not like if there's any time he's gonna lose the fights in the championship rounds uh, he he had uh, like I can't even say he had this one in the bag because um he. Charlo was up on all three ju- uh, judges' scorecards when the uh, the fight was called, and that's before accounting for the two knockdowns in the eleventh. So, um, yeah, no, uh, it, it was a fantastic fight. Um, if you get a chance, go watch it. Now I want to see him fight J Rock. The whole fight yeah. part was actually pretty good. If you saw the prelim fights, they were pretty solid too. Oh uh, yeah, I saw. Um, was it Hagba? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there was another one on like the FS1 prelims between uh, the hell's this guy's name Montiel and oh no, yeah, PVC. You know what I did see? I saw Fernando um... Montiel against uh, Hugo Sentento Jr., which was a good fight. Yeah. Uh... I, you know what I did see? I saw that um, Carlos Balderos, Balderas lost. Uh, Olympic bronze medalist at the 2016 Olympic Games, I believe. Yeah, lost. Got knocked out in the third or fourth round. Let me make sure I'm not giving false information. All about accuracy. Yeah. But we're also all about reading the fight results. Uh... <laughs> All right, it was in the sixth round. Yeah. Sixth round. It was uh, Lene Atelier who knocked him out in the sixth round. Yeah, so that sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Hey, man. Life is a. Uh... Wait, was he the one who won bronze? Or am I fucking insane? Oh, the fact check of a fact check. Yeah, no, I'm, now I'm confused, because someone, because I know that What's-His-Face, uh, Shakur, won uh, silver that year. 
I don't, and someone won bronze on the U.S. team, but I don't remember who it is now, and it has me. No, continue, and I'll I will look into this. If you'd like to write in with the, uh, with the there answer, please do so. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, uh, that was your uh, our boxing uh, coverage of the week. The best and worst of boxing, um, literally okay. the best and worst. The main event sounds like one of the best fights of the year, <clears> and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was. Probably among the worst. The worst in terms of yeah, this week. This, yeah, this this weekend fighting gave us everything: highs of highs, lowest of lows, a little, little bit of everything in between. <coughs> uh, all right. So the main event. There we go. Main event. UFC Busan, headlined by Korean Zombie and Frankie Edgar. Um, I will just just jump right into it. Um, pretty much what I thought was going to happen, happened. Um, wasn't sure if it was going to happen in one round, but I pretty much figured this was inevitable, that, uh, they would throw hands and Frankie would end up getting, uh, hurt <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, let's <laughs> put it lightly. Like, Frankie comes out, bobbing and weaving, lands a little leg kick or whatever. And I just knew from that very, from one when Frankie tried the takedown and didn't get it, and then from that very first exchange when Korean Zombie caught him with that left and had Frankie backing up, and I was like, well, I guess the curtain is, uh, I didn't think we were going to get here this quick, but the curtain's already closing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he backs Frankie up. Dude, he caught Frankie with like a four-piece. I don't know if all those shots landed because of the camera angle. But he did like an uppercut and then like a left and a right and he was lighting Frankie up. Frankie hits the ground. Korean Zombie takes his back. They rest around for a little bit. Uh, Frankie does eventually end up getting back up. Probably just should have stayed down because he got put down again. Um, Might have been like the same combination that dropped him the first time. I feel like it was like another uppercut, a left, a right, and then a couple of other uppercuts and then... He just didn't get back up, and he tried to hit the rough with a single leg, and I was like, "Oh boy." Yeah, I, I just I felt like Frankie was gonna get starched when this fight got announced, and Korean Zombie starched him. Yeah. Um, so one of the things about Chan Sun Jung is that he is like, he's one of the fastest starters in MMA, and that like, there's no, there's very little feeling out process, like. He will slip your first punch and then knock you out. Uh, he did it to Hanada Moicano. He did it to Mark Kamenik. And Frankie Edgar is like it, someone who's very susceptible to just being hurt early. And I don't think that's really changed over the course of his career. And he, he's only getting slower and more, I'm not going to say more predictable, but like it. It's one of those things where you just have more tape on the guy, and you have more tape on what works. So this just felt like it had all the ingredients for uh, the Korean zombie just come out here and just viciously beat the crap out of him early, and that's what he did. He slipped um, a right hand from Edgar, countered with a left hook, and Edgar never recovered. His hands are really mm-hmm. good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> his hands are really 
They're really good. Like, we call him the zombie because like he likes to eat. Like he he will eat a punch to take to give up punch. But like when he wants to, he can counter with the best of them. And he's got great vision. Like he's got great eyes when it comes to being able to react defensively. Like he he gets hit, but he gets hit because of his style, where he's he's going to get hit. You're just but you're bound to get hit. But he's got this great ability to see what's coming his way. That's why he rarely if ever gets hurt badly. Because if yeah. you think about it, like throughout his career, like if you remove the George Roop fluke, not fluke, but the George Roop head kick KO, like he he's been pretty durable despite his fight style. Yeah, Yair Arriga's got him, but that was with like the greatest. That, right, that was the trickiest that. trick shot ever. Yeah. Right. He had to. He had to dig underneath the tool that, bag. That, like <laughs> that was the Larry Bird shot he took, like out of bounds, that somehow went over the backboard and went in. Right. <laughs> he he found that ancient scroll that only one person finds at once a lifetime that has like the hidden <laughs> technique. So <laughs> he learned it. I, I thought Edgar had a chance going into the week, primarily because Edgar's style travels well. It doesn't have to be adjusted for an opponent. Like he does what he does, and it works for him because of who he is. But then I started watching more, like, I rewatched the Holloway fight. And I rewatched the zombie against Moicano. And I rewatched a few other Edgar fights. And the athletic decline is there. And so for me, it turned into like, oh, he can kind of probably steal a few rounds and ride this out to, he's probably going to get the first round unless he gets demolished. He's probably going to get the first round because his style is, it, it takes a round or two to kind of get a feel for it if you're against him. He's a little tricky. And, you know, it's Korean zombie in Korea, so you worry about maybe being a little over-aggressive and he might run into a takedown or two. Uh, but once we get to that middle part of the second round, I'm going to get the feeling that this is pretty much done for. Uh, and then, you know, you always have people who think that Edgar can take anybody down. The Korean zombie is A, hard to take down, and B, really tough on the ground. So it's not like you can just take him down and hold him down. So I was more and more nervous that this was going to be a bit of a bloodbath. And then I think it was the Anticool the day before who was like, this is going to be pretty, pretty violent and it's going to end really quickly. And I was kind of like, yeah, I, I think you're right. And then sure enough, it, ba- it basically went the way you thought it was going to go. Mm. And um, people forget the Korean zombie on the ground is really good. Flattened Edgar out and beat the hell out of him. Uh, mm. I think it could have been stopped there. I appreciate Mark Goddard giving him every opportunity to get out of that. But I think in hindsight, maybe you could have saved him a little bit. Yeah. And then once it got to the feet, it was just like, okay, well, when's he going to wrap it up? And he did, man. Yeah. Like, watching, uh, so um, when uh, Zombie had his back, Edgar was able to get out basically by getting both his, both his arms underneath the, uh, the hooks and just pushing him off. And he still had one leg. And... Jason Joe just casually stepped out of the like, <laughs> like when you're in that position, normally like you you'll get guys like who who like just straight up like they run over the top to try to get away so they don't get their backs taken themselves. Right. Korean Zombie literally just took one step forward, turned around, and proceeded to just continue to beat the crap out of Edgar. Are you sure you want to do this? Like that was basically. <laughs> yeah. We can go there yeah. if you want to. Unfortunately, it went there, and. Uh, he almost knocked the throw off of Frankie, man. That was like horrendous beat down. Yeah, I like how that was a that was Frankie's analysis of the fight. <laughs> I, I saw that headline. I need he cut this damn hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
<laughs> he might have said more. I only read the headline. I'm pretty sure he probably said more. I thought that was funny. So, Volkanovski apparently broke his hand. And he might be out for a little bit. And Holloway's going to get the rematch. We know that much. They're going to do those, those two. It sounds like Zabit and Yair is probably going to be on for April. So what does the zombie do in this, like, uh, th- this time? Hold up. Uh, let me just... I always forget who's in, like, the, that bottom half of the top ten, by the way. Um, well, where is uh, Ortega injured again? Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. He tore, like, half the ligaments in his leg, apparently. Lord. But only in the way that's going to keep him out for, like, six months. Six months. I think that's the time frame he gave. Um, I don't. I, I don't want to wait another like because Casey's had a relatively chill 2019 in terms of just like damage taken in the cage because he just knocked out both the guys he fought in right. the first round. Right. Uh, he hasn't even been in the in the in the cage for like five minutes this year, so you know. Um, I'd like to see him fight quickly. Um, I, I mean, this fight makes absolutely no sense, but I'd love to see a fight between him and, like, Shane Burgos. I guess that does make some sense. I mean, they're both on winning streaks. I know Burgos has a funky rating, but you can always... A funky ranking, but you can always, like, play games with that. We've seen them do that before. Yeah, we know. Yeah. I think we've all accepted they're not real. And I, and I, I think KZ is the type of guy who would take the fight given to him. Right. If it was, like... Yeah. Um, we promise you, you're gonna get a title shot if you win. Right. I, 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 if I was him, I'd probably lobby for um, either Yair or Zabit. Right. Like I know that that's the that's the fight they want to put together, but like I, I could see that fight falling apart. Yeah, Zabit, come uh, come get this five round smoke. Because <laughs> that's got a headline. That has to headline. If we do zombies to beat, that, that needs to be a headline. I think... No more of these uh, three-round shenanigans. I'd be fine with Yair and Zombie, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Both guys if it, if it wasn't for the last 10 seconds of that fight, Zombie would be the undisputed number one contender right now. True. Yeah, I mean, if you think but about you know, it, if you know you know what... that, there's probably a... That's probably not Edgar nor Volk. That's probably Zombie Holloway, real quick. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And if if Volk's out is going to be out for a while, while and I, I don't know where Max is at right now. I don't even know. Like, I, I mean, uh, health wise, I think he's fine in right. terms of like not being injured. I, I don't know about like brain damage, all that, all that fun stuff. But um, that's a fight I love to see. I'm almost cautious of Korean zombies. Yair, I mean Yair too. It's kind of like how we said with uh, Benavides. Oh, okay. It almost feels Fate? too right. Like, it's... <laughs> like, oh, we'll just run this back and I'll beat you like I was supposed to the first time. And then it's like, oh no, I got hit with a a guile flash kick in the first round. See, somehow. but like, unlike with um, Benavides versus DJ, where like I didn't think the first fight was all that close. Like, I did not either. Outside that fourth round where he knocks DJ down and like has him hurt, I thought that was all DJ just making him miss. 
um, and, and making him look silly on the counter. Like, Yair Rodriguez, like, Korean Zombie legitimately was up three rounds to one against Yair Rodriguez. It was about to win that last round. And then, because he call, because I guess he has too much pride and calls himself the Korean Zombie, it was like, yeah, no, we're going to brawl. For these last 15 seconds. <laughs> to be fair, if you go through like a million scenarios, you never think, hey, listen, he's good. what's going to happen is he's going to throw an right. upward elbow <laughs> from behind. Something he apparently just saw Donald Cerrone do in camp and thought he could take. <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, I, I saw him do it once and I'm just going to take it. And he, <laughs> which by the way, the he did it like, hey, I'm going to uncork this in the final five seconds of a pretty damn close fight. Just so, to see what happens. I mean, hey. I mean at that point, he had no yeah. other option. It's like, bro, I'm, I'm losing. It just, it's, it's all enough. Like, oh, my God. Um, he was giving himself, like, the anime monologue in his head. Like, he was trying to figure out, like, when do I unleash the secret? Like, it, 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 it's... Like, I've been watching... Uh, I've been re- listening, I'm sorry, to a lot of podcasts about, like, Conman recently. And it's just like sometimes when you just do something, when you just proclaim to do something, like to want to do something that's basically impossible, you just able to will it into existence. That's Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, he was just like, I'm gonna fucking see what happens. Yeah, I have confidence. They cut do this me. Thing. They cut me at the start of the year. I took this fight on two weeks' notice. I broke my foot, or I hurt my foot. Let's just fucking see what happens. Which reminds me, or not reminds me, like, I would have really liked to see Zombie against Calvin Cater. Had Cater beaten Zabi. Yeah. Because that would have been really interesting. I was just looking at, I was just looking at the rankings, and I was like, ah, I wish they could do that fight, but since he's coming off a loss, they probably wouldn't. And, uh, Frankie, uh... He wanted this fight. Frankie, um, start practicing your speech for your Hall of Fame. Because I think you're. We talk about his. Yeah, he has to get ready for Sanhagen next month. Yeah, dude, you gotta get. You gotta double up. <laughs> gotta double up on that. Yeah. <laughs> gotta. You gotta be back in there, man. You didn't get hurt that badly. Uh, brain damage <laughs> isn't real. It was only round one. <laughs> it's not. He took five rounds. He only swole your face up an extra six, seven inches. Yeah. All right. Like, once you get your hair cut, the bruises. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Some guys heal real quick. No. Uh, can Frankie do anything? Can he fight, like, favor for fun? Or, like, like what, what do you do with him now? Um, I feel like if he's going to stick around, that's the route. Do, do the Pettis thing where you just fight people you just wanted to fight and didn't get the chance to. Like, don't give him fights that don't make that, that don't lead to him clogging up. A potential division. Just give him right. a fun little side. Play around with him yeah. a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> That's actually um, interesting. Pettis against Edgar. Both guys are pretty much on the downslide. Like, what about that? That's interesting. I like how whenever we have somebody who's on the downslide at 145, we just tell him to go fight Pettis. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, when you're not feeling well, you take like an Advil. Like, he's the Advil for. I mean,. I don't think it's a slight because the Pettis is credit. He's always yeah. ready. Yeah, and I mean, it's a winnable fight for both he's, guys. He's, he's, yeah, he's always available. Um, so. I, you know what? I'm trying to think, like, if Dominic Cruz could ever be healthy again, I'd love to see that fight. That'd be interesting. What about, um, I think they train together, though. Who's the, the 
Oh, I had to correct myself. I was going to say the weird uh, jujitsu guy, but I forgot that he has like uh, Tourette's, so that would have been nice. Um, what's the guy? You know who I'm talking about, the both of you. Don't go fucking quiet on me now. He mm. just beat up Elkins. Ryan Hall? Ryan Hall? Yeah. Don't they train together? Do they train together or no? Doesn't Ryan Hall train at like um, TriStar? I'd like to see Edgar against Hall. Hey, Ryan Hall is, like, for whatever reason, they're not going to treat him like he's Cron Gracie. So I said, <laughs> why not? <laughs> Cron Gracie against Frankie Edgar. No, I don't How know. dare you? What? I like, I like the Ryan Hall. I like how I looked up Ryan Hall, Frankie Edgar, and the first thing that comes up is Ryan Hall would destroy Frankie Edgar's shirt on the back. Oh man! But uh, just don't give him any hey, fights that like view Edgar as like an attraction, like you view Anderson Silva as an attraction, and just give him things that might be interesting. I mean, you say that, but they gave Anderson Silva Jared Cannonier. But I, I think they might have thought that Cannonier was not as good as he was, and they're like, "Oh, it's Brazil, it's Anderson, this will work out." Because uh, remember, they were gonna give him like Uriah Hall and. They give him Derek Brunson. The problem is Frankie Edgar and his team see him as a contender. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'd be down with him fighting, like, Clay Guida. He's like... Jim Miller, again, right? They probably fought at least twice. Uh, they fought once. I mean, they've ever they fought, fought once. Did they fight? We do they forget that once. Edgar was, like, a, a mid-level barnacle scrubber at lightweight for a long time. Fought, yeah. like, all those guys. There we go. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a Miller or Guida, Guida-ish, Guida-ish fight. We're trying to think of things that aren't um, going to get hurt. Oh man. Uh, Miller might not hurt you, but you might get a limb ripped off. It's just well, you know what I mean. Like, I don't want him to be fighting a guy who's clearly like. By the way, like, did you see how much bigger the Korean zombie was than Frank Edgar? Yeah, can't you? Because he's a big dude. But I'm just saying, like, it, like, but Holloway's like, this dude fought at 155 and was the champ. But at the same time, that was when the division was smaller. Truth. Uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, it's, 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 it's amazing Edgar's reputation, like, and what he's been able to accomplish despite pretty much fighting outside the wrong weight class. You know what? Yeah. He's already beat. History. He's already beaten BJ three times. So I think he has to beat BJ the only other way. He has to move up to 205. <laughs> I thought you were going to say challenge him to a street fight, so I'm really glad that you didn't go that way. I mean, no, Frankie Edgar versus Johnny Walker. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to take this Johnny Walker slander while I'm on here. On that note, we're, we're going to move along. <laughs> Let's not even... On that note, but congrats to Korean, uh, Korean Zombie. Rami Yaya. Uh, first round. Rami and yeah, Good, good on, good for the zombie. Let's see you again pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, much sooner rather than yeah. later. I need to see those hands again. Moving on, co-main event. Speaking of two hundred five, uh, Volkan Uzdemir versus Alexander uh, Rachik. This is one of those weird fights that I watch like twice, and I still don't have like a ton to say about it. Um, other than, um, I saw some people divided on the decision. Uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter who thought uh, Rockets won. Um, I thought it was a close fight. 
I'm not going to scream robbery. I don't think it was super one-sided to one way or the other. Um, I don't know. I wish I had really more to say about this fight. I kind of don't. It was weird because I was actually looking forward to this. Um, uh, let's see. I think Rockchich is better than I gave him credit for because I was putting him in the same boat as, to bring him up again, Johnny Walker. How dare you. Where he's just like a dynamic kicker and a really great athlete, and that's enough because 205. But And, and while it wasn't perfect, obviously because he lost the fight, and while it wasn't pretty at times, I think he has a lot of really well-trained like counters to aggressive boxers like Vulcan drilled into him, and that might have been, just been for this fight. Like I, because I, you know th- this is the same dude got knocked down versus Devin Clark. Um, but it, it, it felt like he had a better understanding of like range and what to do when somebody tries to close a distance on you than I've seen from him previously. Um, so, like, he, he, I feel like even though he lost, he's moving in the right direction. Doesn't mean he's going to be, like, a title contender. But it, it, it shows growth, which is rare at this weight. Um, yeah. He, mostly. mostly like he stifled. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm saying, I feel like he stifled Uzdemir enough to where, like, because we've seen, like, what Uzdemir did to poor Latifi, where he just, like, <laughs> uncorked on that man. Um, I feel like he stifled Uzdemir enough to where, like, Uzdemir never really, he didn't like, it, it wasn't like he beat on Rocket. Like, it was a very competitive, you know, kind of back and forth um, kind of fight. Like, it, I, I never felt a lot of moments where I thought Rocket was really in, like, a ton of trouble. It was a pretty, he, he did pretty good for himself on that front. Mm-hmm. Is my girl? Yep. Yeah, oh, no, I was waiting to see if they underclined it. Um, I, I, agree, like, I guess I'm always a little bit more sympathetic to 205ers who are kind of on the come up. You know, I, I tend to see the positives. I thought the Anacle nailed it pretty well. Uzdemir is a tough guy. Like, Uzdemir is really underrated because people just think that he knocked out a bunch of guys and then fought DC and then fought Anthony Smith and then fought Dominic Reyes. And it's like, oh, he lost to those guys, so he must not be good. Uh, Uzdemir is really good, really tough, and he's kind of rounded out his game to become more of a competent fighter beyond just powerful. And uh, I like the fact that he made the adjustment pretty quickly in the second round that, like, hey, listen, I can't keep up with this guy's speed, so I'm just going to kick his lead leg, and if he's not going to stop it, then I'm just going to keep throwing it. And so once he got out of brawler mode, and at first it looked like he realized he was too slow, so he was going to catch Rachik coming in, Rakic coming in, with like counters and then when that went out the window he went to the leg kicks and he was gonna make in football they call it playing left-handed you know like i'm gonna take away your lead hand and you're gonna have to try to beat me with something you can't really do or something you don't do as well as you normally do so when he took away the athleticism of uh rachik um that was when the adjustment happened i was pretty impressed to see him become a pretty good counter striker uh he caught ooze dear mayor coming in he, I just didn't think he did enough in the second round to win that round because Uzdemir was doing Vulcan stuff, you know, just chopping at the lead leg, and then he would throw that big, wide, loopy kind of right overhand and a tight hook, like, in combination. Third round, give or take, I, 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 thought, I thought Alexander won the third round. I think he cost himself that fight with that takedown attempt that went nowhere. 
and then Uzdemir just elbowed him to out of consciousness, basically, just elbowed him repeatedly. Uh, good fight for both guys. I think the one thing we all need to do is when a guy at 205 loses, don't write them off because this division is like every fight in this division is an important one because there's only about 12 to 13 guys in it. So don't do what we did with Uzdemir to, to, rock, to Alexander and just uh, stay on the train, man. If you're on it, stay on it because this was a pretty good performance from a guy who definitely seems to be on the come up. And he's only 27 years old. You know, Corey Anderson, that's 27 years old, I think was getting knocked out by Jimmy Manoa. So this is a, a tough division to always be good in. So keep the faith. Yeah, he's, he's got too much. I think he's got too much upside to write him yeah. off. I, and every division needs a Vulcan Uzdemir. You need a guy who can test the, the young guys who are trying to break into the top ten. You know, you, you need a guy who's competent and capable. And, yeah, those, you know. What's up? Those leg kicks, man. He 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 put another leg on top of Rachik. Yeah. Like, the way that... that and it was, That was a nasty bruise and it was, or welt or whatever that was. It was nice to not have Joe Rogan screaming that, you know, he was one away from being finished. I think Dan Hardy did a great job being like, yeah, that's compromising, but he's still moving pretty well, so this, this fight's not over yet. As opposed yeah. to just shouting at me that one more leg kick and he's never going to be able to walk again. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, Rogan would have oversold yeah. it. But, what um, do you do with Uzdemir? Because like, he can't fight he can't fight Jones, I don't think, so he's just, it's his job just to knock off all the... Yeah, he can. Anybody can fight Jones. Good point. I thought of Weidman here for a second and felt really bad. Don't know. No. I mean, you can you what? can do the Blahovich fight. Uh, they fought. No, no but if, if Jan beats Anderson, he's going to fight Jones. Yeah. Will he? So we think. <laughs> if, if Jan beats Anderson, Jones is going up to... I mean, he, did he call Anthony Smith? Vulcan? Yeah. Somebody did. Uh, maybe. I did not listen to his post-fight speech. It was like 6.30. I had my headphones out. Yeah, no, he was, um, he called, he he wanted to rematch with Dominic Reyes, and he wanted to rematch with, um, what's his face? Uh, with Smith. Yeah. Because they both beat him, and they're both ahead of him, so. He's another guy who's kind of disappeared. Smith? Yeah, he's been like, He's been doing like the, the 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 desk work, but I don't think he's got a fight scheduled, right? No, not that I know, but it's uh, he last fought in June. I know he's doing the desk work because there's a sure dog thread about how he wears the same suit every time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. He might just be like a cartoon character. <laughs> Claw- he only Claw- has the know. one suit. Yes, <laughs> yes. Closet Closet full of the same suit. Maybe all of his suits yeah. were when he was fighting at 185, and now they're too small, too large. Right. Let him live. Let that man. Oh, live. he's a, he's he had surgery. Oh, on, uh, his okay. hand. Yeah, that's why he's been out. So he's not going to be able to fight till next year. Oh man, he's a he's a good dude. Good guy, good fighter. Props to Vulcan though. Yes. And he, he has been steadily improving, too. Like, I, I agree. Like, he's definitely not just a, oh, I just hit really hard like, guy. Like, he's... Yeah, yeah, No, no, he's just, he's well-rounded. He's rounded out his 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 skill set to where it's not just, oh, I'll be okay if I just 
Dodgers power shot. Right. Like he's he's a little more than that now. And just look at look at this 2018. Uh, 2018, he's arrested for like a, a fight. He loses to DC. He lo- he gets beat up by Anthony Smith. And then this year, you know, he gave he gave Dominic Reyes a hell of a fight, and then KO'd Iller and just be the top prospect. So that's a pretty good turnaround for him. So good, good, props for good for the Vulcan. Keep those leg kicks going too. Yeah, <laughs> do that to everybody. Um, but nah, cool, uh, nice uh, two hundred five scrap for the co-main event. Uh, moving on to uh, featherweight, Charles Jordan versus Duho uh, Duho Choi. Um, some there was something an article I read that confirmed something that I was thinking during this fight. Um, and not to jump around. But I just remember watching the second round of this fight. And I was like, something seems off about Choi this round. And then I found out that he broke his forearm in the first round. Because I don't know if it was just me, but I was watching the second round. Like, he seemed a lot more... I don't know if tentative is the word. I just felt like he wasn't... It was just... It was like something... I felt like something was off. Like, something was missing. He wasn't as, like, engaging... As he was in the first. And I was like, oh, broken forearm. Okay, makes sense. Obviously, he's probably in a lot of pain. <laughs> just just trying to survive out there with a broken forearm. Um, but no, I, this this fight honestly got me a little worried. Like, dude who Choi started off really good. He caught Jordan with a lot of hard shots early. Rocked him a few times. Throwing some really hard hooks and uppercuts and combinations. But, like, the more Jordan just kept, like, surviving and just, like, gutting it out, I just I, I just had this feeling like, oh, man, this fight might turn around and go the other way. And then he hits the flying knee to the straight that drops uh, Choi, I think that was, like, at the end of the first. And then when we got into the second round, I felt like the fight, like, slowed down a little bit. I just had this suspicion, like, something bad is about to happen. I don't know when, but I just felt like Choi wasn't looking like Choi. Or maybe I'm not giving Jordan enough credit. I don't know. But, um, yikes, that finish. Um, goes in for uppercut and catches a left, uh, left cross for his troubles. And I noticed Choi, um, as fun as it is to watch him fight, boy, does his head just kind of stay there. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, it is just. That's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part of the front is a part of the downfall. His head does not mo- like the most he'll do is it, there were moments when if Jordan Jordan would counter or if he would just, you know, uh if he would decide to lead the lead the dance so to speak. I feel like the most Choi does is he he might step back, but even when he step back like he doesn't really move off the center line and it, no matter what he does his head is just there to be hit. It's just, it's a target, and it's there to be exploited. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the, I just, I felt, the whole finishing sequence was Bourdain, um, or Jordan, um, going for that flying knee to the body, pushing Choi back, and Choi, with his head straight up in the air, just catching the left hand. So, I mean, yeah, doing this defensively disastrous. Always has been. Yeah. As I said during the fight, he's the same guy he was when he burst onto the scene. 
same guy he was when Cub Swanson gave a bit of a step back, and the same guy he was when Jeremy Stevens wiped him out. If if he and, and I think he's even worse now because like people know he can be hit and people know he can be hurt, so it's like, well, I have nothing to fear. Like if I can survive it, so uh, <clears throat> a bummer, a bummer for you know a guy who was when I was on this podcast a bit ago, we were. When I was first on it, we were talking about him like he could have been a superstar. And now it's like, well, not meant to be. Ultimate glass cannon, man. Yeah. You know. He's a guy who I think could benefit from. I don't know where he trains at, but I, I, a, a lot of tools are there. But it's like you just there's still so much work. To he trained. But I feel like like the, the gym he trains at, Um, I think it's mad. Yeah, team mad. Notorious for um, just being a grindhouse. Like th- their fighters get like Korean Zombie trained there for a bit, and like that's the span of time where he was just constantly getting hurt. So like they 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 will chew you up and spit you out. Um, I just feel like even subtle changes in his game would make him so much better. Problem is he's stuck in Korea. Yeah, yeah. That and then he's story. got the military uh, service, I think, coming yep. up. He wanted to have already started that, but he can't. That for whatever reason, it's been slow. To, they've been slow to getting him in the thing. So, but uh, on the other side, though, major props to Jordan. Um, survived the early, you know, the early chaos and found his way out on the other side. I was impressed with just how he was just kind of just gutting it out. Like I said, the longer he just stayed around, I was like, he's, Jordan's going to figure something out. <laughs> he's going to, he's going to figure something out. Yeah, that out. was, uh, yeah. congrats. Good. You get to move out, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. Out from, out from the basement life. There you go, man. Hey man. Good, uh, good. You deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> Definitely deserve it. All right, so can, can you guys handle this next one without me? I got to go catch some real quick. Yep. All right. I would say, yeah, not, not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, <laughs> congrats to Jordan, though. Got the K over Duhu Choi. Uh, moving down uh, to 205, uh, Da Un Jung versus Mike Rodriguez. Um, I really like I mean, Jung. Not... Like, I, I don't know what it is about his game. It's like, Really simple boxing. Uh, we saw a little bit against what's his face. Who, who did he fight in his first fight? Um, oh, was, was he the guy who fought Fluffy? Uh, Kadir Fluffy Hernandez Hernandez. No, no, my bad. Wrong uh, division. Wrong uh, division. Kadiz Ibrahim. Uh, Ibrahim. Okay. Yeah, Ibrahimov. Wait, no, it's just Ibrahimov. You know what? Russia sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking confusing. Ib- Ibragamov. He fought Bragamov in his first fight, and Bragamov is a dude who just wilds out and goes crazy, throwing like those big looping hooks and stuff. But like, he has a nice tight boxing game, and that's what we saw here. Um, Mike Rodriguez tried to escape to the center of the cage, um, and Daun Jung cut him off and proceeded to just blast him with a right hand. Like a really nice setup too. Like he used like that little left hook slash uppercut to like. Get his shoulder lined up for the right hand and knocked him the fuck out with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a whole, uh, not a whole lot to break down. Like, 
once he landed that, it was pretty much over. Um, I feel like he moves really well, really well too, for somebody his size. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he has he has a lot of good movement for for a two hundred fiver, and in this division, those little uh, those little subtle things can mean a lot. Um, I don't remember like his fight schedule. Is he somebody who we only see when they come to Korea? Uh, no, he fought earlier this year. He fought um in August. He's new. Okay. Uh, well, oh, okay, he okay. fought in the China card though. So he might be someone they only keep in Asia. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I they it? have the upcoming um, what you call it card, the New Zealand one. I don't see why they just can't stick him on there. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he took much damage. <laughs> Pretty sure he's fine after after that fight. Um, yeah, because if somebody at two hundred five, like you want to, you know, as much as we've we've seen some other prospects kind of be on the the up and up. You still want to, you want to keep the new guys if they're doing well. You want to keep them moving along as fluid as possible. Keep keep them busy. Keep them uh, keep them busy. Keep them relevant. Just put put them in front of a crowd so we can see what some of these other new guys can do. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he uh he starts Rodriguez, boy. <laughs> he he starts Rodriguez. Um. But not good on him, then Dawn Jung. Definitely somebody to keep an eye on at 205. Moves really well. Hits really hard. No, like, flash to his game, but it's effective. It gets the job done, and it puts people to sleep. Uh, so, that was that fight. But I feel like these next two fights, you could just lump into one. Wasn't a whole lot to, <laughs> to dissect, uh, but... Uh, me. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't remember the park fight at all, and I watched it. Jun 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 Young Park versus Mark Andre Baralt. It was just, you know, I feel like it was your typical tough dad boxing middleweight fight. Yep. Not a lot, and then <laughs> like. I think by by the last round, uh, Baralt realized he was losing, and then he tried to be aggressive, but it was like, yeah, buddy, a little too little too late. Probably should have did that earlier. Um, not a lot of technical. I felt like Park just jabbed him a lot. I don't know. It wasn't a lot going on in that fight. It wasn't nothing to write home about. Um, but Jung Young Park got the win, so uh, congrats to him. And the last fight of the main card, Kyung Ho Kang versus Ping Wan Lu. Um, Kyung Ho Kang wanted no smoke on the feet, so he just took Lu down for three rounds. And got, uh, I can't remember if that was the second or third, he got battered from the bottom. Um, Lu hit him with a lot of nasty elbows, he had him leaking all over the place. Um... Yeah, Kung Ho Kong didn't really do a ton of damage. It was just like he kind of took him down, controlled him. Maybe just a little bit of ground and pound just to stay busy so he wouldn't get stood up. But, again, outside of, like, that <laughs> blood fall from the last round, there wasn't a lot really going on in this fight. It's probably the safest I've seen Kung Ho Kang take a fight. Like, he was really content to just take him down and not really do much. Um is this the fight where Pinyu, yeah. uh, where at the end, like, Kang was going for, like, a single leg and Pinyuan was literally just elbowing the shit out of him? Or am I thinking of a different Probably. fight? This might have been it. Because that was, like, the last, like, ten seconds of the third round. Yep. 
Yeah, cause he he put a nasty cut on uh on Kong. Like he was he was leaking terrible. Were you guys surprised this was a split or no? Uh, no, no. Because Kong didn't really do a ton of damage on top, and while Lou was obviously on his back the whole time, he was at least throwing elbows. So, all right. To be honest, I'll throw. It. I don't know if this is a hot take. I'm glad this was a split. I like when judges aren't just awarding you like, all right, you got the takedown. But if like if you're not doing anything, oh no no no, I, I did. I'm not mad if a judge looks at the other guy who's at least doing some damage. No, no, I'm not. Mad I didn't mean that. Like, oh, you're like, oh, split. How dare you? Like, because normally they just kind of give it to the guy who's on top. So I was surprised that they went with a split. I'm surprised it was a split in Korea. Fair, fair point. That, that see, like you guys, I feel like you guys have been watching a different Kyung Ho Kongs than I have because I was like, yeah, that's this is about what he likes to do. Yeah, no, I feel like I've seen him be a little more active. Well, he's like forced to be active. That's the thing with Kong. Like, very rarely does anybody like when he gets into these fights where like, um, you know, he's trying to take the other guy down and hold them there. Is he able to do it? Because the other guy tends to be like a pretty competent grappler, right. or off their back. Like he wasn't able to do it against um, what's his face, Hamos. Yeah, that's probably the most famous one. Or Chico Camus is another one. Like, those fights. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, because just, you know, it's hard to keep that dude down. So, um, yeah, the Guido Canetti fight was the one where he got rocked and then he got the triangle, right? Or am I... Or am I yes, yeah, he got, he got rocked by Guido Canetti with a knee. Uh, yes. And then <laughs> he got, like, flying triangle against the fence. Yes, I do remember that fight, yeah. I thought this was just like every other Kong fight, except this time he had a guy who was like more willing to engage from the bottom. Basically. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong to be. I'm not saying you're right to be. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, what he is, man. He's a, gr- he's a grinder. Man, Daniel Cormier is just real excited. Yeah. He did not want any uh, smoke on the feet. Nope. Like, at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, that was the main card. Um, well, I guess, uh, program switch for Joey since you haven't been here in a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, the way we're going to do the prelims, uh, we just call this the prelim spotlight where we each just pick a fight or two that we want to briefly talk that about. That works for me. I only saw like two uh, or three, so we're good. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually, the only prelims that I watched was the Amanda Lemos fight, the Pantoja fight, and the uh, the Cyril Gane fight. Um, no, I'm going to be nice, because I'm pretty sure I already know which ones you guys are going to talk about. Um, so I'm just going to go to the Amanda Lemos and Miranda Granger uh, submission. Only because that was a really nasty rear naked choke. And, like, she didn't even, like... I felt like when she had it in, she didn't, she wasn't, like, most of the time you see a rear naked choke and you're, like, fully on someone's back. It was like a rear naked choke, but she was, like, on, like, like, a side. Yeah, and she, she, like, went to sleep, sleep, like, <laughs> like, she was done, absolutely done. Um, that was a really, really good submission from, uh, from Lemos. That, that'll be my, my prelim spotlight. Re- really, really nasty submission. 
Um, all right, are we all doing one? Are we? Yeah, I'm only gonna do one. I only saw three. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Joey, you, you're a guest. Oh, you, you can you can pick. Well, you can I don't pick. know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm gonna be on the same wavelength as you. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I can actually do two. I'll do one real quick. Uh, Omar Morales. He was on the Contender Series. He made his debut against Dong Hyung Ma, who's the guy who had all those like crazy fights back in 2016. I took care of him pretty easily. Morales kicks really hard, and he showed a little bit more wrestling than he showed last time. So I'm kind of excited about him. I think if they if they give him a nice slow road, he can really develop into something. He could be what we thought. Um, what's the guy who fought Dong Hyung Ma? Uh, God. He just fought Drew Dober, like, recently. What the hell's the name of the dude? Uh, now I got a stall. Perfect, perfect. Uh, Polo Reyes. He can be a little bit like what Polo Reyes was. Kind of a fun action fighter. Uh, and I will talk about Alejandro Pantoja real quickly. I got really upset during UFC 244 because Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan were talking about the guys that Kai Carr-France and Brandon Moreno had fought. And they acted like Pantoja did not even exist, even though he beat both guys. And I feel like this was a good reminder that he's a great fighter. And if we're going to reboot this 125-pound division, he's going to be in the top five. He's going to play a key part in it. So keep him in mind. And don't forget about him. Because he iced Matt Schnell after a pretty rough start. Yes, he did. You know, he got, he got rocked by Schnell and then recovered and... Uh, Took it to him. I think the fight changed when Schnell decided that he just wanted to pull guard. And he got the shit kicked out of him from, from, from the top position. <laughs> and then he got rocked again. And Ben Soldier just caught him perfectly. Face plant. Whenever you go face down, yeah. you can't say it's a bad stoppage. Because that was a face plant. So, uh, dominant win for uh, Alejandro Pantoja. And here's hoping that if they really are giving 125 a fair shot, he doesn't become lost in the mix. That's it. Long live flyweight. Long yeah. Long live flyweight. <clears throat> um, I, I guess I'll talk about um, Cyril Gane or Gain. Is it Gain? I, I call him Gagne. I've heard it like four different ways at this point. I don't know. Right. I've been pronouncing him <laughs> Gagne, but like that's with a G, you know? Like Eric Gagne. Yeah. So, so I'm going to call him Cyril Gain. Gain like Kane. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so Cyril Gain, Tanner Bozer. Uh, shout out to Tanner Bozer. Dude's tough as shit. Like, dude What's can up with that hair, though? I mean, that's how you... That's that's for when he goes motorcycle riding. I see. I say, when you make those hair choices, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know when the judges don't give you the decision. You this, know why. This, dude, this dude taught karate at the combination dojo slash VHS store back in, like, the 90s strip mall. Like that that's who Tanner Bowser is. Um but he he ate he ate some damage from uh from Gain. Um the more and more I see of Gain on the feet, the more and more I think he will eventually be knocked out. Because there there's like a free like it's not wild because I think he has a better sense of like distance and like range and um and like timing than most people, but he lunges a lot into those overhands. And like, we saw a little bit more offense from him here, like a little bit more diversity. We saw more kicks. Um, yeah. 
uh, a little bit more, uh, a few more uppercuts than we've seen from him before. Like, uh, not feel like I'm being critical for a guy who just thirty twenty six a guy, but well, no, but that's 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 part of the job, man. You gotta, you know, he, he, we can't act like everybody's perfect. Exactly, and like I, I like this is a dude who fights like straight up in the air. Like he does move his head, but like it's not. It's not consistent. Like it feels like somebody who has quick hands and like is a pretty decent counterpuncher could catch him coming in on one of those big punches, um, which is a big ass because this is a division full of a bunch of really slow dudes. Um, I, 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 like there's something about him that just looks so knockoutable. He's a touch too business casual sometimes, like just very. Very casual. Yeah, I, as much as I like his game, I like the movement for somebody his size. Like, he moves really good. He can be really fluid. He can be really creative. I feel like, and, and I, I won't criticize him too much because he's only what six and zero. Yeah. It's like he hasn't probably hasn't really been fighting for that. But he long. was also like an established kickboxer before he ever got to MMA. You know what I mean? It just it. It feels like he's missing some oomph, I guess, a little bit. Like, I I almost feel like he should have... <laughs> I hate criticizing people because they didn't win, like, the way I wanted them to, even though they pitched, like, a shutout. <laughs> like, I almost feel like he should be getting finishes. Like, I mean, he has. Well, like, I feel like this should have been... Like, this shouldn't have went three rounds. You, I feel like this, you should have been able to get him out of there a little... And maybe, you know, maybe I'm not giving uh, Tanner enough credit for the for the toughness and the hair. <laughs> but um, One comes with the other, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like something's missing. But, like, I, I, I try not to let it bother me too much because he's, he's still only 6-0. and um, And it, it seems like, at least with this matchmaking, matchmaking so far, that they're bringing him along slowly. Um. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see though. But I still, I'm still, I'm loving what I'm seeing though. I like the, the movement, the fluidity. I, he might be one of those guys that'll have a good streak, and he might meet like a vet who might take him out, and he'll be forced to kind of go back and readjust. Right. I, I could see him being one of those guys. Like unless he fights like a Curtis Blades, my prediction is like his first loss in the UFC and MMA in general will be him getting knocked out. Before he gets like Russell fucked or something. Right. <clears throat> it's always the way you least expect it. Mm hmm. And by the way you least yeah. expect it, it's going to be Shamil Abdurakimov, so. <laughs> can't, you can't avoid yeah. fate and destiny. <laughs> you know what, though? Let's take this opportunity real quick to point out that the heavyweight division's kind of got some lights. Like, we've got some new exciting guys jumping in here. Yeah. Give them some credit. Yeah, it's getting better. That's, that, that's why I'm glad guys like him are around. Because I'm like, finally, like, there's, there's something in this division that I can look outside of, like, the top five and be like, all right, when he fights, I'll, I'll make sure I tune in. Because I want to I see what he's got going on. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, definitely thankful for that. But props for Ghana, man. Still a, a good... Uh, I guess, quote-unquote, prospect at heavyweight, whatever prospect. How old is he? Does anybody know how old he is? 
I say prospect. He's probably like 32. 29? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, all right. That's all right. like 19 in, in heavyweight years. Right. <laughs> he's a freshman. Yeah. True, true freshman. Like. Just, just, just got his, uh, he's just old enough to drink level. Uh. Right, yeah. He just did orientation yesterday. Yeah. So, there you go. Props to uh, Cyril Gain, or Gane, however you say it. Congrats, sir. But just to read uh, the rest, uh, just to read these, uh, to have it out there. So Gane got the unanimous decision over Tanner Bosa. Uh, Sung Woo Choi got a unanimous decision over Suman Makarian. Uh, Omar Morales got the unanimous decision over Dung Hyung Ma. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Alexandre Bentoha uh, knocked out Matt Snell. Uh, Rioni, or Rioni Barcelos. Uh, beat Saeed Nurmagomedov, unanimous decision. Amanda Lemos, uh, rear naked choke, Miranda Granger. And let's see this. Haley Alatang uh, defeated Ryan Benoit uh, via split decision. I just want to take a quick second to laugh at team of Australian top team. Wait, what, what is you guys doing? Uh, uh, for, he's, uh, uh, which, which, which mocked uh, Mokhtarian fall on this card? Suman. Suman. Yeah, no. Like, some of these dudes do not, are not ready for the UFC, but they get their fights in, like, um, fucking, what was it? Uh, like, Urban Fight Night League or, like, Hex Fight or whatever. And they get, like, you know, a nice 6 0, 7 0 record, and the UFC comes to their, uh, it's Australia, and they get in the UFC. And so far, basically, none of them have been ready. Um, Ashkan, uh, Naya Kasem, who has their only one in the UFC, and uh, now Suman, like, and uh, Georgie's, like, I think they're like one in nine or one in eight, something in yeah. the UFC. I think which Mokhtarian is like the manager. <laughs> no, like, there's, there's, there's a, there's yeah, a no, no, right. yeah, no, the, like. I don't they are know. the founders of Australian top team. Hello. Because uh. it was um, trainer Suman, uh, Khalil, Jaip. I'm not sure which one is like the founder, but like they are the ones training people there, and like I don't know, like they're all tough. I'll give them that, but like they're not you. They're not ready. And it, and when your entire gym is not ready, it kind of points to some lackluster training. Uh, good if you're in Australia, go join City Kickboxing. That's what I'm saying. There you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> or go to the go where uh, go where Tai is training. <laughs> Just a bunch of big dudes in the forest in the, a ruthless gym. Yeah, yelling at you while you kickbox. <laughs> no. Hey, man, that's how, that's, how, that's how a real man trains. <laughs> They're all just screaming at you as you hit pads. Hey. <laughs> you gotta... That's how you fire up, man. There you go, man. I ain't mad at it. <laughs> but that was uh, UFC Busan. Uh, pretty pretty cool card. Pretty solid card. Um, I would say if if you missed it, definitely go back and watch the Korean Zombie fight. Uh, watch the Uzdemir Rockets fight. Watch the 
Watch the main card with the exception of the first two fights. Uh, and you'll be fine. And on the prelims, watch the Gane fight. Uh, well, you know what? Let me shut up. I didn't watch. I watched 2% of the prelims, so I have. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> on the main card, watch everything except the first two fights. Uh, but from what, from what I saw from the prelims, they looked pretty decent. So probably some still some good happenings outside of what we mentioned. But um, wild weekend. Just a really interesting weekend from the Badahari chaos to this Korean zombie fight to to Julio Cesar and his nonsense to that the Charlo finish. There, there was a lot going on this weekend. So um, if you missed out, definitely go back. It's a lot to to catch up on. Pretty pretty entertaining to watch. Uh, upcoming. So next week we have what uh bellator japan i want to say am i right you're right okay i'm right uh so that'll be i'm trying to hurry up and bring this up on my phone but uh we got bellator japan coming up on the was that the 28th 29th it's on saturday Um, here sunday in japan where it's actually happening i think so on that card of course the main event that none of us asked for but we're getting it uh, Fedor versus Rampage. Uh, also on the card, Michael Chandler versus Sidney Outlaw. Lorenz Larkin versus Kita Nakamura. Uh, Gordy Yamayuchi versus Darren Crookshank. Uh, MVP versus Shinzo Anzai. Um, Yusuke Yashi's on the card. It's a lot going on. Should be a good time. Um, so we'll have that coming up. And, or, you know, no PFL because PFL's on the 31st. So that's why is that all next week? Is it just um, there's some boxing? I don't know. Uh, like the UFC's done for the year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. UFC's done till like mid January, pretty much. Everybody gets to go home and be um, with their families. Yeah. So who's uh who, who's boxing? Who's uh? Boxing? So we got Gene Pascal for fighting uh Badu Jack. But I think the big one that everybody's gonna care about is uh Gervonta Davis. He'll be. Oh, yeah, He'll yeah, be yeah. fighting Yuriorkis Gamboa um, on that card for the vacant WBA lightweight title. So that's going to be on Showtime. And um, actually, the day you guys are listening to this, because I think we dropped on Monday. Um, if you have ESPN Plus, I believe, well, mm-hmm. let me just make sure. Yeah. All right, yeah, the uh, Ryota Murata, uh, the WBA middleweight champion, I think Japan's second middleweight champion ever, will be fighting Stephen Butler. Um, and the word is Murata's in the running for fights with both Canelo and Golovkin. So that's that's worth checking out. And Roman Gonzalez will be on that card. Chocolatito. Yep. He'll be fighting um, Diomel Diokos. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. But yeah, so, you know, fun times. But, All right. So, me... next week should be uh, pretty, pretty cool then. So, you guys will get that. Uh, Bellator, and if I manage to catch any boxing, we'll cover that next week. Um, but, before we get out of here, because I want to make sure uh, I mention this. Um, oh, hold up. There's one last thing. K1 World Grand Prix uh, 4. Japan 4. I don't know how these K1 titles are cards, but um, 
Uh, Rukia Ampo versus Kai uh, Wira Set Crack. Um, it's it's Kai. It, it's Kai. You all know who Kai is if you follow kickboxing. Um, Yoshiki Takai versus Kamfi uh, uh, Kimura Minoru, Kimura Minoru versus Marcela Deyame and oh, Masa, uh, Masaaki. No- I am trash with Japanese names. Nwari versus Hassan Toy. So, you know, those are a lot of fun matchups. And it's just K1. Just yeah. watch it. Don't ask questions. <laughs> and, and they have a woman flyweight uh, tournament going on. So it'll be uh, Kana uh, versus Christina Morales at one side and uh, Josephine Knudsen versus Melanie Georges on the other side. So, there we go. so I go fights. Now it's K one. I've I've never watched a K one anything in the board, so just just watch it. You'll have a good time. Um, but I guess I'll reveal this because this is our last episode before Christmas. So uh, Merry Christmas to you all. You'll you'll hear us after the uh, well after the, after this episode you'll hear us in twenty twenty. Uh, but get your your calendars marked. Uh, January the fifth. Uh. Which would be our recording day. You probably, you guys probably won't hear the episode until the, uh, the next day. Um, but on January the fifth, uh, we'll be recording two episodes. That is also our three-year anniversary. Uh, we've been talking about fights for <laughs> quite a long time now. Um, on that day, we will be covering Rising Twenty. You guys will get two episodes that week. We're gonna do Rising Twenty. Um, and probably, uh, if I remember PFL, no, but we'll get PFL. I, I won't do them like that. <laughs> I'll make sure they get a mention. We'll, we'll get some PFL on there. Um, but a three year anniversary show. I've had this crazy idea in my head since November, you know, at the end of the year, everybody starts doing lists, lists for what's the best of this, what was the best of 2019, best this, best that. So I thought it would be a fun and impossible idea, but I think because it's impossible, we should do it. Um, we are going to create, uh, for our three-year anniversary, a pound-for-pound list. Now, what, what's going to make our list more epic than whatever you got going on? Uh, I'm going to puff my chest out a little bit. We're not, uh, we're not doing just pound-for-pound pound just for boxing or just for MMA. We're throwing everybody all in one under one umbrella. So we're just going to do a pound-for-pound pound top ten list of the best fighters on the planet uh, for the start of 2020. So that includes... Boxers, kickboxers, MMA, I don't care if you're on World Star and you're 100 and no, you will be considered. Um, I was going to say bare knuckle too, but no, I can't. can't uh. <laughs> Whatever, you can throw them on your list. They won't be on mine. <laughs> but anywho, that's the uh, plan for the three-year anniversary. Pound for pound list, best fighters on the planet, regardless of combat sports. Uh, regardless of what combat sports they're in. So... That is going to be our three-year anniversary episode. I'm going to have to do a lot of research for that today. I need to get the ball rolling. I've been falling behind. Uh, so look forward to that. And then the following week will be our um, Dojo Talk podcast award show where we recap uh, the year 2019. So that's what we got upcoming. So make sure you stick around. We're going to kick off 2020 in a pretty big way. Uh, but that's pretty much all we got for today so before we close out um can end with real quick a fight recommendation which let me find mine 
I had it written down. There we go. Alright, so my fight recommendation, um, once again, man, the, I say this every week, YouTube is the only site where their algorithms understand me. They just send me random things, and when I click on them, it's fun. Um, so a fight that they literally recommended me <laughs> this morning, and Antaku, I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, this comes from the World Combat League. Hey. Uh, I want to say this fight probably happened, they didn't have it dated, but I'm going to guess this was probably like 2008-ish. Nine-ish, maybe? Probably a year or two um, before that. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So, somewhere around, give or take a few years, around that, that time period. But uh, the fight recommend, uh, the World Combat League uh, fight is Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus James Decor. Um, also, special note, this fight was refereed by Cecil P. Yes, it was. And boy, did he let, he might have been the star of the That is a name I have not heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, good old Cecil Peoples, uh, he had uh, he had the most Cecil Peoples moment ever in that fight. <laughs> where uh, he tried to give somebody a penalty, and they yelled at him, for what? And he goes, oh, my bad, wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns to the Man, Cecil was in, he was in rare form. Um, but the the note, the, I recommend that fight because I thought it was cool to see that um, the way that fight ended is literally the same combination that Wonderboy caught uh, for the first guy he fought in the UFC, Dan Stiggin? 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 I don't know his last name. Stiggin, right? It was the exact same combination. Like, literally, it was the exact same thing. Um, but no, it, it was a pretty pretty cool fight. Cool to see what like what a lot of these UFC guys were doing before they... They got to the UFC, so once again, the fight uh, from the World Combat League, you can just type in WCL on YouTube, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus James DeCore. Alright, so Featuring Cecil. Right, since you went to the World Combat League, I'm going to go to the World Combat League. Um, do either one of you know who Jennifer Hahn is? I, I do not. not. She is the current IBF World Women's featherweight champion but she got her career started as a kickboxer fighting in the world combat league Ooh. and in the world combat league she fought team tiger showman the new jersey representatives and she fought a woman named muna holland who happens to be best friends with my aunt um and my so uh, Muna can say that she knocked out a future world boxing champion because uh, she hit her with that back. Uh, with she countered basically what was a spinning back fist from Han with a bit a spinning back fist of her own and ended up knocking her out cold in a fight she was almost certainly about to lose. So I say go give that a look. It's also on YouTube. Shouts um, to the people who upload all the uh, the World Combat League fights because Lord amazing. knows. I have one of the DVDs sitting in my room somewhere, and I've never... Season 1's on DVD. Yeah. I, I, uh, I searched it. I, I have I have it sitting around here somewhere. I bought it because I saw it at, like, um, like a second-hand DVD store. I have... I was actually trying to look for the fights to have my aunt on them, but the only one they had was the one she got knocked out in, so I was upset about that. Oh, Jennifer Hahn had a kid. I just Googled Yep, she just had a kid. Um, actually, she is the current... Uh, I'm not sure if she's still the champ. I don't know if they stripped her yet. 
But um, the interim champion is actually God. Who is it? Was it Heather Hardy? I want to say Heather Hardy was the one who basically took the interim championship uh, while she was away. So I, I I'm not sure uh, like is she still the champ or like what's the plan for the future. Um, no, it wasn't Heather Hardy. Who the hell was it then? It's gonna bother me because uh, it wasn't. Was it Jelena? Not Jelena. Um, all right, Joe, you can go ahead with your fight recommendation if you got one. Yeah, we can't, uh, we can't just run this one. Yeah, you can either yeah, do a fight that, recommendation huh? or if you. Huh? Yeah, how about that? Huh? Uh, yeah. No, like, <laughs> I was gonna say if if you yeah. if you don't have a specific fight. Um, you can just name uh, maybe just a fighter you want people to keep an eye on if you don't have like a specific. Okay, so it mind. can be retro or it can be modern. Or I can do whatever. I, whatever. Yeah. Either. Um, yep. So I always go to this is like this is one of I think this is a guy that boxing has long since forgotten, despite being one of the best action fighters of his generation. Uh, go look up Tony Lopez. Tony the Tiger Lopez. He was he was Uriah Faber before there was a Uriah Faber. He was a Sacramento fighting legend. Well, guys like Jorge Paez, Rocky Lockridge, a couple other guys, just like one of the best action fighters of his day, and like a local hero. So much so, in fact, that since we were on the topic of guys having uh, of things being thrown at cages or things being thrown during fights, when he lost his first fight against John John Molina, they almost banned boxing from Sacramento because there was like, like just a shower of glass bottles and just almost like a riot took place. So he, he was that popular in Sacramento. Um, if you look up, if you want a specific Tony Lopez fight, watch him against Rocky Lockridge. Those were some of the best fights of their uh, of his era. Uh, he also fought Jorge Paez, Maromero, in a really good fight. So he's just one of those guys that if you're looking to burn an hour at work and you just want to see some old school 1980s boxing, he was kind of a forgotten man, and he's he's well worth the time to go look him up. Uh, Modern fights, consider this a little bit of a preview for 2020. Go watch Muhammad Usman. Uh, that is Kamar Usman's big brother, big little brother. He's fighting in Titan FC, and he is really interesting. And I think that before 2020 is over, he'll be in the UFC, and he'll probably be uh, having a hell of a run, put it that way. So that's it. You know, um, That's all I got. Tony Lopez, go watch him. He's on YouTube. There's a ton of fights. Don't, not to be confused with MMA's Tony Lopez. Yeah, not to be confused with that guy. It's very easy to get confused, but... Pull this out. This is in the 80s. <laughs> 1988. 88-89. I'm trying to remember... I'm trying to see if they have the Tony Lopez-John John Molina fight, which literally... Like, articles have been written about the riot. The, the fake riot. Yeah, it's up there. The first fight is up there. There you go. Get you guys some... Uh... Homework. I think it was John John Molina. Uh, Let me make sure that I'm not out here spreading false truths. Thank Tell God me. for YouTube, because yeah, they have like a Nazi problem, but that is also <laughs> how we this is also how we get like boxing matches from like the I, 1980s. I see. Yeah, dude, it was in fact the John John Molina Tony Lopez fight. Lou Duva wrote about it in his book. There you go. So. That's you guys' uh, homework for the week. So you hear us again. Uh, and I guess before we leave, any quick closing thoughts? Whatever holiday you're celebrating this week, I hope it's awesome. I hope you have a great time with it. 
be around people you love and uh, stay out of trouble. Don't do anything on New Year's that nobody else would do. Don't do anything on New Year's that Sensei wouldn't do because Anakul is a little shaky. So. Yeah, oh, I'm dude, I'm, I am, <laughs> I'm the most boring one here. What are you talking about? Uh, uh, I won't be doing nothing. I'll be home just well, sitting here. We're actually recording this on the first day of Hanukkah. So, yeah, yeah. all our Jewish listeners out there, happy Hanukkah. Alex. Um, there you go. Uh, I mean, Christmas and Kwanzaa right around the corner. So, you know, happy that, merry that. Um, go see cats. <laughs> support support your um, a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> We're the, the cat's propaganda podcast. <laughs> the art diet not supported, so you better exactly. And then go see um, I don't know. Go see the Rocky movies because Anna Cool doesn't want to. I don't, don't want to watch bad boxing. Wow. All right, dude. What? Let's just yeah, here we go. That's gonna be. That's gonna lead to a whole other rant. <laughs> but, um, no, man. Just happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate, man. I hope you guys have a nice, uh, a nice holiday. Hopefully, your job is uh, kind enough to give you some kind of break. I'll be right back to work right after Christmas. Um, but special shout outs. I'll dedicate this episode to all my retail people, who I know unfortunately will have to be worked. Oh, we'll have to work probably some terrible schedules uh, this this week and leading into and after the holidays. Yeah, be prepared for that December twenty uh, sixth when everybody's got an attitude because they got to return something or. Yeah, yeah. So special shout outs to y'all, man. Uh, I've been there. I've 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 been there. <laughs> I, I know it's not it's not fun, but uh, you know, special shout outs to y'all, man. I, I know. A lot of people want to be home during the holidays. They don't have a chance to. They still got to work and do whatever, whatever. So just be nice to people, man. If you're out and about shopping, getting last-minute gifts or whatever, just be be kind to people, man. Don't don't be that person in the line that's complaining and causing a scene. Don't don't be that person. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, that's all we got for today's episode. So, as always, give the podcast a listen. SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Uh, hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. You can follow Antakul on Twitter at GC Seuss. Uh, oh, Joey, plug yourself real quick. Before. Oh, Sports Sound Off at Tumblr. I don't have any of that other social media hobnobbery. Find me, find me there. The, the the inbox is always open. If you want to chit chat, if you got a life problem you want to talk about, I'm there. If you want to talk about sports, I'm there. Uh, probably not going to be doing much this I'll, week, but 2020 is coming quick, and I tend to overdo it to start the year. So be prepared for a lot of stuff coming my way. There you go. <clears throat> so thank you guys for listening. Once again, have a nice holiday. Stay safe. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.